motorcycles and misfits coming to you from the garage Where? in sunny Santa Cruz, California. That place? I wouldn't go there if I were you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Surfing sucks. Don't try it. Well, <laughs> especially if you can't swim. Stay home, kook. We're just, unless you ride motorcycles. You say you wouldn't come here, but a lot of people came here. Oh, God, weekend. yeah. A lot of people. What a great day in the garage. We had a lot of people joining us. It was a splendid day in the garage, dear. Splendid. Um, a listener sure. day. It was yeah. a listener day. Oh, look at that. I just emptied a bottle of Perrier all over my How groin. Yes, I know. You were thrilled. No, right? I'm when excited. <laughs> I thought it was Liza with the fart button. Oh, stop. She did a real one in the garage a minute ago. So, God, I'm very excited to uh, smell of egg. So, what a great, great day. We had a lot of people, old faces, new faces. Kat uh, came by with her fiance, Justin. Yeah, Kat and Justin, the happy couple. Charlie and his fiance, Micah. Everyone's getting married. No. Love is in the air uh, at the garage. It was cool to see Kat. Um, we had some listeners come by. We had. Relda. Relda. That's right. And? With a K. Uh, no, was it like, it's not. Oh, and the handsome guy. Mark, 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 no, Marcos, it was, uh, uh, yeah, no, it was uh, Marcus, with Marcus, Marcus. Marcus. Marcus with a K. Marcus with a K and Relda. Not Zelda or Griselda. Uh, Relda. Relda. And Ed, who came all the way from Boston. Yeah. No, not Boston. Sorry. Western Mass. Western Massachusetts is a very Western long Mass. ride, and he um, arrived, gave gave us cookies, and then left. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, he came to put his foot in the ocean, and then I think start heading back. Yeah, no, he literally, he's yeah. like, I'm going to put right my, yeah. I tried to convince him to jump in. I don't think he was quite up for that. Yeah, and we had another, we, we had a whole bunch of people showing up, but then, um, Oh, and there, uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Cat uh, brought some new people by. Yeah. And they, they, you know, everyone was very, very happy to see what we do here. And then one of the ones I thought was funny is somebody had pulled up and was just introducing herself to people. And I heard her say, hi, my name is Carla. And I went, huh? And I turned around and I went, you're Carla King. I've never met her personally, but I recognize her. Carla King, she's an author, speaker. She does a lot of the speaking events, AMA Vintage J, stuff like that. Right, right, right. She oh, yeah. does moto adventures and writes books about them. And she just moved back to Santa Cruz. She used to live here a long time ago. And oh, wow. our friend Michelle Lampfear said, hey, go by the garage and hang out, check it out. And so she came on her KLR 650, which we promptly made her rip apart and pull stuff off of. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I looked over and there was just a pile of wires on the ground. <laughs> well, I'm you know, like, hey. I mean, it's, it's, if ever there was a bike that got accessoried up, <laughs> the KLR is in. <laughs> and the, the problem is, is accessories fail, you know, and the oh, accessories yes. break down. Yes. And so it gets to the stage where all the accessories are broken, but the wiring <laughs> remains. I have <laughs> if I leave this shit on, I'm going to become electrocuted or my bike's going to burn down. So. I've literally watched you disembowel bikes of their electronics and uh, and air air shit and yeah, pollution control. Just, yes. It was all just getting ripped out like a mad scientist. Well, and I found out a little backstory about her bike. Well, there's a couple stories. This is crazy. Yeah, she got a book. <laughs> yeah. But one of them is, you know who she bought it from? Our friend Bob from Oakland Motorcycle Club. Oh, no He kidding. was here years ago, Santa right? Bob? 
No, that's oh, SFMC. Bob, Bob oh, was the president was the president of gotcha. Oakland Motorcycle Club when he came on our show. Um, and then she took it to Baja where it was stolen and missing. Hmm. And a friend of hers spotted it and they got it back. So she's wow. kind of so stuff was like ripped off and there was some damage to it, but basically and this I find this um quite a typical experience at the garage. She had all these dangling wires and switches and controls from heated grips that no longer worked and heated clothing that she didn't use. And um, we were like, well, you should remove all that stuff. There was all these things up on the dash and extra wires. And I find it somewhat typical when, when somebody says, okay, well, can we just, you know, cut all this off? Well, no, you can't leave that wiring there. Um, we need to, you know, trace it back. So I start, we're taking off the front fairing tracing it back and and unwinding everything and then it goes underneath the tank and everything zip wire i'm like well we got to take the tank off well i don't you know i I, it's becoming too big of a project now i don't think we need to it's not that big of a problem i'm like no no let's do it if it's worth doing it is worth doing and so to take the tank off it's seat cover it's the side covers it's the seat it's the front uh radiator covers it's the tank and so i think it was that kind of a blur for somebody who's not used to just doing a quick teardown like just things just f- coming off but you sometimes people just need that, yes. that little push mm-hmm. to do it and then we were able to access all the wiring pull it all out pull out all this extra relays and things and take off extra grounds and it was a rat nest of yes. wiring you from, guys had a pile of wiring it was a pile you're of wiring mm-hmm. and it's just so i think it's so nice to be able to help somebody to do it right not do the shortcut just get it done yep. and because you don't want to leave all that stuff because somewhere down the road you're going to have to find a fuse or something like that and this is just going to be a problem right yeah so that was really cool and i'm hoping carla comes back she's got so many stories she's fascinating but this is the one that's going to make Bagel jealous. The other oh. guests who arrived. Bagler, are you ready to be jealous, no. dear? And uh, we shall see. And okay. just just left our good friend Moin Khan. Oh, there it so is. Uh, there it is. Yeah. Wish I could have been there. Yeah. So he's in town. He asked, he asked after you, Bagel. Cool. Yeah, I know he's, he's got uh, a dinner that he's he's organizing, but I'm not going to be able to make it down, unfortunately. I'd yeah. love to have could. Yeah, so he came. He pulled his old dirt bike out of storage and is fixing it up to do some rides. He's here for a couple of weeks. Nice. Yeah, and I just, you know, I couldn't help but look around. We had, like, new riders on, yes. on like, you know, mm-hmm. I think, what is it, a Rebel 250 or something? Uh-huh. We had our friend John. The most John, beautiful Rebel 250 I've ever seen in my yeah, life. Yeah, <laughs> our friend, uh, the uh, Asian John came a- by, who's Asian been gone John. for a while. Who used to have that Harley? Not Stumpy John. No, not Stumpy John. Asian John, um, who now has a quite appropriate uh, Stunter Z125. Um, James, we had all these old old faces. Yeah. But then to have people like Moin Khan, motocross champion of Pakistan. Yeah. And Carla mm-hmm. King, you know, world traveler and author, just hanging out well, with everyone. You know, Moin, God bless him, he always he's he's very self-deprecating. And, you know, you introduced him to somebody as, you know, a motocross oh. champion of Pakistan. He said, yes, well, that's all very well. But here in America, a 12-year-old can beat me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, by the way, 
Hey everyone, I'm Liza. Oh, why are you Joining wailing? me on the Classy Girl Couch, <laughs> it's Stumpy John. Hey everybody, and uh, peace, love, and motorcycles. I stole Jim's line. Yeah, I wonder Sorry, what he's going to come up with. That's right. That was, that, that was a COVID line. We're post-COVID. That's all right. <laughs> also on the Classy Girl Couch, looking lovely in pearls, it's Miss Emma. Hello, darling. Um, I burnt myself today. I'm, I'm the, oh, yeah, I am the colour of... Do you remember when we were on the Queen Mary yeah. that you tucked into that rather large lobster? <laughs> yeah. I feel I am exactly the same colour as a cooked oh, lobster. Oh, from the sun. It was oh, a warm one. God, it was relentless today. And do you think this fair-skinned English woman was smart enough to work under the tent? Do you think so? You would think so. No. 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 <laughs> So I'm 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 quite burned, and it's it's just warm right now. But I think tonight, as I'm laying in my bed, it's going to be painful. Where's the yellow? <laughs> Yikes! Also Good joining us is everyone's favorite dad. It's Naked Jim. Hey, what's happening? Yeah, that's me. I guess. <laughs> yeah, great to be here. It's a little hot, a little sweaty. A little hot, and then of course, all the way from. Oregon, it's bagel. Because it's too hot, too hot, baby. Ooh. Gotta run for shelter. Ooh, gotta, gotta run, run for, for shade. shade. Yes. Nice. Yes. Too hot. Is, is it correct? Cool in the game. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it, it got up to 108 degrees here today. It's Good Lord. And That's crazy. Close to 90 in my shop. <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, <clears throat> do you do you have any regrets, Bagel? You know you do. Mm, of moving up here? Yes. There are a few. Yes. Mostly missing you all. Yes. Oh, well, that's a good oh, answer. That's nice. But, yeah, but he has a giant garage yes. and a girlfriend. <laughs> Trust me. Need, yeah. He's fulfilled. Mm. Yeah, he yeah. has everything he needs. Um, I spent a lot of time with that this weekend, too. Nice. Um, I want to share a story about something I did yesterday, which was so cool. You guys, so cool. I don't I don't think I told you this story. I didn't tell you yet. I told Emma. Um, I had uh, I have family in town. I took one of my cousins uh, on the back of my Africa twin riding up to Felton to go um, meet up with Mason George. Just mm-hmm. go say hi. And we're going up Highway 9. So Highway 9, as soon as you leave Santa Cruz, like five minutes from where we are right now, you are suddenly on a twisty road going through the big trees. And... Um, I used to live up there years and years ago, mm-hmm. and you'd be surprised how many big rigs get caught out on that. Yeah, because it really is that quick. I mean, you were driving down an urban street, and then suddenly, in the blink of an eye, you're on this twisting country road and through the I, redwoods. Yeah. Through the redwoods, and I've lost count of how many how many eighteen wheelers just got stuck about three miles up there. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we were heading up there, just taking the scenic route, having a nice ride, not riding aggressive or anything. One of the things I that... I bet um, you were. No, I wasn't. Um, one of the things that they have here in Santa Cruz, down here at the boardwalk, you can catch the, the tourist train. It's a, It used to be the train that came from up in the woods, bringing the redwood lumber down to load it on boats and right. take yeah, it away. It's the Roaring, Roaring Camp uh, Big Trees Railroad. And... It, now it just takes tourists on open open cars. Right? It's cool though. It's you, very. It's a lot you of come fun. Come to town. It's a cool thing to do. But basically, the railroad track is 
a block away from our, the house here, and you're kind of following it up into the Redwoods. And there's one point on the Highway 9, this twisty road, where you're running parallel to the track, and then you cross it, and then it's going on the other side of the road. Well, I'm, I've got my passenger, and we're going up, and I, I start to get closer and closer to it, and I look up, and there's the passenger train. We're parallel to it. I'm like, we got to beat the train. <laughs> we got the crossing coming <laughs> Oh, no. Up. That's right. We got to beat the train. And so I start to go a little bit faster. And fortunately, there was no car in front of me. Did was, you give it the beans, darling? So I gave it the beans. And we get up to the crossing. And I've, I've gotten far enough in front of the train. I know we're not going to, like, have any issue. But what I wasn't prepared for is ding, 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 and the gate oh, coming no. down. Oh, and geez. I shot through it. As it's coming down. Don't you remember Brandon getting a scorpion? Hey, and it was like something from a movie scene. And I was like, whoa. (laughs) And my passenger was like, wow. It was so fun. I cannot believe I've never done that before. We need to like hang out. Liza, on you're nine, saying there was wait a kid for the train, on the back, right? Liza, do, okay. do not make a habit of this. <sighs> It'll end in tears. <laughs> it was so fun. Ha- have you seen the videos of people who haven't made it? Yes. <laughs> they're all over YouTube. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, I'll bet they're all over everywhere, all over YouTube, all over the street, all over the sidewalk. Yet, Liza, <laughs> now come along now. I mean, what would have happened... What would have happened if you would have um, just fallen off your bike on the railroad tracks? Or were the, oh, you know, the no. bikes... Fall- I mean, those trains go slowly. Oh, no. I hate to be the voice of reason. However, you know, as slow as these trains move, it's not going to stop in time if you're, if you're lying on the tracks. It's just going to squash you like a bug. They also stop slowly. Yeah, they stop extremely slowly. It's momentum, darling, or lack thereof. It was fun. Yes, I <laughs> memorable. That child will be scarred for life. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a good. Oh, time. did you have a child? He's a thirty-year-old child. Okay. Oh, so okay. Not a child. Oh, I thought it was the, okay. I thought it was one of the little kids. But as a cousin, I don't know. I only met him once when he was a small child. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, so you know him he more had, now. He had a lot of fun. Yeah. Riding around and and went and saw Mason George. He gave me a T-shirt, and that was cool. So yeah, how is that was da- a thrill. How, how is dear Mason? Mason, he's doing good. Yeah, good. He's got a lot of business. Yes. That's great. Yeah, a lot of business. He's got some cool bikes up there. Yes. He actually has a really cool bike that he used to own, and he sold it to Cody Webb, hmm. and then he just bought it back. It's an old Triumph. Yes. Like a, like a 60s Triumph or something. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's got really cool vintage paint on the tank. It's really it's really cool. So he's got a good, good selection of there, but... um. Nothing though compares, and none of these experiences compares to a good electric bike. Am I right? I guess so. How's my ah, sound? Ah, there he is. <laughs> hey, joining us tonight is Diego Cardenas. How are you? Doing okay. How are you guys? Today? Good. Can you see us all? I can see all you guys. Kind of your camera, hey. kind of right. All right. Hey, Diego. Yeah, and you got Bagel there. Can you see Bagel? Howdy. Yeah, everybody, pretty much. Nice. I see, I have a, and did you see, do you see Knock trying to sneak in the room all stealth? Except yeah, he I farted. He did that thing where you <laughs> fart every time you take a step. <laughs> no, Jim, that's, he, a, he that's all, crop dusting, by the way. He didn't fart. He always smells that bad. Uh, <laughs> those are his boots. His vans, oh. his vans were squeaking. Hey, Knock, how you doing? 
I am good. How are you guys? Good um, to see you. Yeah. How was dinner, Nock? It was fast and efficient. What did you have? I went to Costco, got a hot dog and a bag salad. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, a bunch of rabbit food oh, and no. a gross, shitty oh, hot dog. <laughs> Lots well, of mustard. Nock, let me catch you up. Yeah. Um, We got Diego here. We're just about to talk to him about a cool cross, cross-country trip that he's going to be taking. And Brad. After that, I have a little game that we're going to be playing. If you want to get in on it, Diego, you too can get in on this if you want. I'm here all day long. Here's the challenge, but (laughs) you may be too busy talking. But here's the challenge. Um, In in honor of Diego, who's going to do cross country, you're doing what, LA to New York? I'm going to try to shoot for a cannonball. I'm going to try to do it as fast as possible from Porto Clino. So in honor of that... Um, I wanted to create a challenge for us all of who can find the best bike for sale on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist for $1,000 all in to go cross country. Mm. Ah, yes, I know. I know. Yes. But it has, you, to be, it has to be reliable and roadworthy. Yep. I think it's you, it's, would, you would think. It's possible. <laughs> we get style points, don't we? I have to say, though, I almost, I, I, I don't know why people put mobility scooters in the motorcycle section, but I was like, <laughs> that would be reliable. Uh, I was actually considering, there was one that was built into a cooler, and I'm like, that's not that so too. bad. Yeah. It'd be like doing like one of those old Harley Harley cannonballs at 16 Dude, miles an hour. It'll take you six months, but you'll be drunk half the time. <laughs> I'll be, I'm down with that. Dude, I saw a video of a guy who tried to do that, to go cross country in a mobility scooter, and he kept getting pulled over by by cops oh, rightly so yeah i know um but diego hey welcome back it's been a while since you've been with us uh for I those think it was i yeah. think it was february of 2019 wow mm, yeah um if you guys remember he came up here on his live wire when it was mm-hmm. like the new hot thing and he let yeah. us ride it and and feel its heartbeat yep so you've done a few things on that live wire since we last saw you. Want to bring people up to speed? Yeah, yeah. Um, wow, where can I start? So, being that I have now live wire number seven in the world, which is the seventh live wire ever sold, I, I got a lot of exposure. And obviously, me being the geek that I am when it comes to technology, I wanted to kind of show people that it could also be done. So. Between cannonball runs that we've done, our first cannonball run was in 2019, where we did uh, Ontario, California to Las Vegas, Nevada, Energicas, Zeros, and Livewires, mm. hauling ass down the 15 freeway to get there the fastest. To our last cannonball run, which was like a little bit over a month and a half ago, we did 500 miles, which was LA to Reno, Anaheim, the happiest place on earth, to Reno, Nevada. That was 500 miles. Mm. And I've been just exploding the hell out of that bike. I mean, I've taken it to the Bagger Racing League, if you guys heard of that. Mm-hmm. I've heard yeah. killer baggers, and there's some videos of me. One video says, if by the time you saw this video, I've already hit 60 miles per hour, and the bagger's behind me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so stuff like that. So that's kind of grow, developed some awareness. There's now my social media profile has uh, uh, grown substantially. I've started a community on, uh, about the live wire itself. And uh, that's also grown, you know, pretty well. I have people from all over the world who love the bike. Other people are looking into the bike. Other people who have energic as we're in my group. And they all share one common thing is we're all riders of EV. And yeah. they love their EVs. 
and it's some of them are it's their first bike and others it's their second or third bike and they find it that it's the most fun that they've had so that's what i'm just trying to do awareness so i'm curious i know you're not a representative of harley davidson but maybe you know the answer to some of these questions the first one is how much of an impact did charlie and ewan uh on long way up, uh, long mm-hmm, way up. Uh, how much did that have on live wire sales like it did on adventure bikes i mean i'll tell you this right now a lot of that stuff is hush hush they don't even tell me about it it's all yeah. corporate information <laughs> Uh, it did raise awareness in the sense of there's an EV bike now, there's a Harley Davidson Livewire now, uh, because at one time when I would go to uh, biker bars, you know, I remember early on when I first got the Livewire, I would go to these biker bars and you'd have the big biker guy go, yeah, you never drive me, that me see me riding mm-hmm. that. And now I go to the same biker bars two and a half, uh, two years later or a year and a half later, the guys come up to me. They look at it, and the first thing that they say is, "I hear it's fast." So there mm-hmm. is awareness. Has it increased sales? I, I mean, I know that there's a few thousand of these bikes. I mean, based on my uh, acquisition of users who are buying these bikes, and the last guesstimate that I can give you, there's probably less than three thousand of them around the world now, and that's what yeah. we're talking about. You know, that's just a guesstimate or a wag wild ass guess. Cause I lost track after the first 500 because the first 500 bu- bikes were considered first strike bikes and they were serialized. And a lot of people were saying, Oh, I got first strike number 10. I got first strike number 30. You know, so you would start knowing, but as soon as right. five, 500 hit, that's, that's gone. Then those numbers are tight lipped from Harley Davidson. Mm. So, but um, the awareness is there, you know, people are seeing now it's not, you know, they've heard of zeros. They don't know what energic is for most of the time. I have to educate them on what an energica is, mm-hmm. uh, but, at least now they're aware and, there's, and, they're, and they know the a- impacts of what EV does. Because the first thing I go, I go, you know what a Tesla is? Yeah. I go, it's the same thing on two wheels. It's fast, it's quick, and it's quiet. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my God. You know, and so they start, you know, looking into it. And, and it's, it's, it's becoming, uh, it's, there's, that, there's this mind shift now that you're seeing now, you know, uh, where people, you know, I, I get those, the people are really, romanticized with you know the combustion engine and how it sounds and how her how it purrs and I, I i tell them i'm not here to tell you that one technology is better than the other i'm just telling you that there's an option now you know whether you like it yeah. or not it's an option and we're in this crossroads right now where you have an up-and-coming mm-hmm. technology which by the way was invented before the gas-powered engine who is now saying we can do this we can probably meet your expectations and in the future, based on technology, the way it's evolving, we're probably going to exceed your expectation. You know, when you have bikes like the Damon, who's going to come out with a hypersport, that's a shape-shifting bike that does yeah. 0 to 60 in like less than 2.3 seconds. And it does to- a top speed of 200 miles per hour. Claimed. Claimed. Yeah, I mean, I, everything is claimed, you know, up to now. But if, you know, they're, they're they, you know, they did buy... Uh, uh, all the IP from uh, uh, what you what you call it company Alta? under Hyperbike, uh, not Alta, but the uh, Mission Mission, Mission yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So all the IP that Mission ever developed, and Mission had pretty solid IP for its time period. Mm-hmm. You know, so so with that being said, um, I'm just have to show them, you know, that this can do it, and it can do it, you know, with its quirkiness, but it does it. You know, eventually, uh, the story that I tell me is I go back in the early 1900s, you know. When you had a, a combustion engine, you know, you had a horse and buggy and you had some steam powered device, then 
this guys came over with this gasoline engine saying, hey, you know, if you put this on your horse and buggy, you're not going to need a horse anymore and you can get around. But then people would say, oh, you know, how am I going to get to one place if there's no way of me putting the petrol or the gasoline into this? Oh, no, no, don't worry. Don't worry about it. As soon as the advent of, of, of gasoline stations started, you know, proliferating through the network that we have now, that's where the gasoline engine took off and obviously all the other, you know, financial interests behind that. So the same, I think same thing is going to repeat itself is once electrification becomes synonymous with convenience where you have pretty much mm-hmm. a charging anywhere where you turn your head to, you know, from a 7-Eleven to a Walmart to, uh, you know, a Costco, anywhere, that's, you know, that whole limitation of charging is going to be kind of gone, going away because you're not be able to go anywhere at any time at any place. Right. And, and this is one of the things, I mean, we all know this about the electric a community, not just motorcycle car too, but that it's changing very fast. And a couple of things that have changed since you last were on one live wire split off from Harley Davidson to be its own brand, which I just assume, even though we haven't really heard a lot about, I assume it's because they're going to have a line of live wires, much like zero has many different models. I think they'll just have a line of live wires. Do you, do you understand their reasoning for doing this? My my best reasoning is is the following. Now, so you have a hundred plus year old, hundred eighteen year old company making these motorcycles, and then when they come up <laughs> with something, you, this this reluctance or this this fight against it. You know, mm-hmm. you're not gonna you're not gonna go against the old ways. We've been doing this for one hundred and seventeen years. It's not gonna take out. This is a piece of shit. No, it is what it is. So what I think, uh, Joachim and the CEO has now, and he's he's a really forward thinking guy. Uh, he said, you know, let's just spin this off. And when I got told about it a few weeks ago, um, basically I told him, is it like a serial one thing? He goes, yep, it's like a serial one thing. So basically they're just trying to basically position this company to be able to better market whatever they're mm-hmm. going to develop, whether it's two wheel, three wheel, I don't know what wheels, mm-hmm. uh, device that they're going to be making to those new potential clients that they're harnessing now and part of the harnessing comes from their SpaceX line you know they bought another little company oh, called yeah, SpaceX yeah. that basically get little four or five year old kids riding little electric bicycles mm-hmm. under the name the iron or iron e and now these kids are the ones who are going to graduate to get maybe that entry-level urban scooter or urban bike motorcycle that harley davidson makes which eventually graduates them to something whether they go traditional ice engine or they can go to some sort of high-powered high device you know live wire like platform so i think that's what they're trying to do they're just trying to separate the entity uh in a way that it's easy for them to market whatever they're going to market to whatever masses they want but at the same time if it it's great if it doesn't work it's easy enough to go up sell it chuck it and move on to the next project i mean and and that's my best guess estimate of what could be happening through their heads so emma i don't want to like i'm not creating rumors but right how much do you think it has to do with the fact that maybe not all the dealerships are on board with having to take um, an electric bike. And I heard at one point they talked about having to do a charging station. Right. Do you think maybe a lot of the dealerships protested? They didn't want to do that? No, I think so. I mean, as as somebody within the industry and somebody who's been involved with dealerships, you know, the buy-in for an individual dealership to sell live wires, I it was it was getting close to a hundred grand. It was a hundred fifty some thousand dollars. Right. Yeah. And that's a big 
buy-in. Yeah. Because that included the stock, because you got a couple of stock bikes as part of the buy-in. And it's just a chunk of money for somebody to find, like, bam. And I think that's got, certainly got a great deal to do with it. I I think it certainly limits to what demographic or what... uh, Right, and I mean, here in the Bay Area, if you take, say, Morgan Hill, Harley-Davidson, there's a lot of traffic going through there. It's... We're not discussing whether it's a good or a bad dealership. It's just there is a lot of traffic mm-hmm. and a lot of money being spent, and there's a lot of money in the Bay Area. Yep. So you're going to see a good return on your investment. If you are in the middle of Kentucky in a smaller dealership with a very, very traditional customer base, that 157000 bucks might just be you're- money down the toilet. Mm-hmm. You hit, you hit that on the head because last year when I did my first cross country, because I've already crossed the U.S. with my live wire. I, uh, last year during the pandemic, I decided on celebrating my 50th birthday by riding from the borderline of Mexico to the borderline of Canada, taking the uh, five freeway, which is also known as the West Coast Green Highway. Mm-hmm. And um, I took it all the way up. And as I was going past California and hit Oregon, I hit one of their dealerships that they asked me to hit. You know, they said, hey, why don't you make a stop here? Because we got some stuff for you out there that we were delivering. I said, OK, I stopped by. They were not a live wire dealership. Obviously, I met management and I, I talked to the owner or the, the, the current owner of the, of the shop. And her words, that's how I knew about the hundred fifty some thousand dollar buy. And she goes, you know, the investment is almost one hundred fifty some thousand dollars for a dealership of my size. That's too much. I can't yeah. afford it. As much as I like to electrification, I just it's not within my means to, to do this. So I have to make a sound decisions not to do it. So my job there was to kind of educate them on the electric bike as I was going across the country, which was great and all. And her her thing was that and, and, my, and my my main mindset is and it's true because if you're going to spend one hundred fifty seven thousand dollars, how long is it going to take for you to sell? How many electric bikes do yeah. you have to sell before you see that ROI? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at at, let's say you're making five grand a bike. You're not going to sell more than three of those bikes in a quarter if you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> so, lucky. so Emma, as someone who works in an industry, do you think that was a good move on the uh, on Harley's part to split it off? <sighs> hmm. It's been done before. It's been done many, many times successfully okay. with not just electric bikes. Um, Yamaha split off the cruiser line. Um Honda, to a certain extent, have done the same. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to work. I, I'll say I think it's a good move on Harley's part to not force their dealers right. to do something right. they don't want to do, which we know we heard about the street, uh, the street bikes, the street twin. Oh, no, the, the street 500 and 750. A lot of people were not happy about, and those were not that big of a buy-in. Um, so where are they going to manufacture these bikes? Is it is it the same? They have a separate, yeah, completely so, separate still, still same place, just hey, different dealerships. Up. Yeah. I've got I've got a question though. Okay. So if if the high cost of the dealers was the reason why they decided to split the brand off, why do they think it's going to be any easier to find dealers with a new brand? Well, you know, dealerships that aren't even established yet. Well, or, no, no, no. Bagel, uh, I'm not, selling other brands. It's not that they're belt, that, that they're finding new dealers. There's the first corporate owned shop. So basically, think of this as, as a Tesla model where you're going to have corporate-owned dealers now. So mm-hmm. LiveWire is going to start up LiveWire retail outlets. So the first one is coming mm-hmm. online. And this is not and this is news because you can go to their uh, hiring, uh, to their jobs line and mm-hmm. or job 
website and find out that they're hiring for staff in LA in Canoga Park is going to be their first store. Mm. It's going to be the last mm. store. And hopefully from that moment on, they're going to start kind of building their own stores. And obviously they're letting dealerships take a choice whether they want to stay in or not from what I hear, or they may tell you you're going to be a live wire dealership or you're not going to be a live wire dealership mm-hmm. anymore, mm-hmm. you know, commitment. And so, so I think that's, that's not only a, a dealership perspective, but it's also, they're going to build the brand and branch out on their own separate little, you know, business yeah. unit with retail shops. So you might see a shop at a I guess as a parallel to this, because the recent news is that Honda is planning to go all electric by 2040. I mean, that's the hubbub, right? So like, is this part of their marketing plan is to be able to see to 2040 to 2035 to actually, you know, develop an entire range of electric motorcycles? That's what I think, yeah. Yeah. Didn't they announce? Wait, I know. I don't want to get Diego in trouble because I know he's got some insider news. Didn't they already announce a second model coming out in the near future? Yeah. So, so, so the second model is called the, the Livewire One. Mm-hmm. So, very creative geniuses. Because I don't know why they won't call it something else, but they call it the Livewire One. The rough specs on it are are yet to be determined. For, from what people are gathering now, is that it's going to have more horsepower, and that's be- basically because of registration information that somebody kind of stumbled upon and i think electech and a couple other blogs kind of posted about it that's going to have more power nothing on the range nothing on the form factor looks exactly the same way mm-hmm. as the one you guys you know a year and a half ago uh just different paint scheme different logos on it it's not going to say harley davidson on it it's just going to say livewire uh, a lot of the harley davidson branding is gone from it so uh that's as much as i know right now uh but a, any other products after that is they're being really tight lipped. Uh, mm. They were talking about a flat tracker. They were talking about mm. a small. Mm. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm about but, that. Yeah. Mm. I think there's so a lot more potential. Um, on a quick side note, I wanted to share something. John, let me see the back of your hand real quick. Um, I have uh, some chapstick here that I keep in the drawers. Nice Suzuki chapstick that I just used. And something has happened. Feel that. Go ahead, knock. You feel it. It's turned it into a glue stick. Yeah, I put it on my lips. If I'm talking funny, I'm having sort of issues over here. Wow, that was really important. Check this out. I don't know what's going on. That's weird. That's why I'm over here going like. Maybe it's a Zuki Zuki. My lips are stick. Try. I don't know what happened. Anyway, apologies. Glue stick for God's sake. It's just not a Suzuki glue stick. <laughs> There's a reason it's why I have the glitch stick because not. it is. <laughs> Are you on drugs? Please tell Dude, me you're on drugs. Um, but the other thing that has changed since we've last last talked to you is that there are more charging stations across the country. Mm-hmm. And um, can you just remind everyone for the live wire, what kind of charging does it take? Right. We know that there's like basically three or four different types of charging, right? So, so, so there's, you could say three levels of charging. Mm -hmm. The first level or level one is what you plug in into the wall, 110 outlet, you know, and it comes to, it comes with a charge cable. It's called the turbo cord or power cable and you plug it in and it takes you close to 10 hours from totally zero miles to a hundred and takes you 10 hours for basically overnight charge. Um, so somebody commuting commuting to work, charging up at night. <laughs> I mean, you did not put it on your lips. Or, or, uh, yeah. Smells <laughs> horrible too. She actually just took a bite. This of is it. gross. Sorry, we're having issues. No. <laughs> took a bite. Yeah. So so one ten. If you're commuting to work, charge up at night. That's not a problem. Exactly. That's it. Then 
the LiveWire does not support level two. They decided not to go with level two. So level two is what you call the 220 or 230 volt mm -hmm. connector. Most electric dryers at home have, and you can plug in a level two charger, which then will give you a faster charge. So if typical bikes that have it are the Energicas, those guys do support that form factor. Zeros have their own thing. They don't, mm -hmm. they don't charge they have their own proprietary format and then the last speed as of right now it's called dcfc it's not called level three it's called dcfc yeah. which is direct current fast charge and that will get you those quote-unquote high performance charging stations that you see popping up all over the place at walmart's uh 7-eleven mm -hmm. just signed an agreement they're going to be putting 500 of these things or 500 stores are going to be getting them so mm. uh, those Dude. are the chargers where you can take the live wire from zero so from zero miles to 100% within an hour. Yeah, Jim, when we were riding, driving cross country last summer, I was seeing like in strange places, like a mm -hmm. bank of chargers at like a truck stop or something like that or a Walmart. And you realize, oh, they're they're really investing in this infrastructure and putting it around the country. So since that has been happening, Diego, you figured out that it's now possible to travel, Right. So, yeah, so going back to my story. So last year, I, as a matter of fact, after meeting with you guys, I rode my live wire back home from uh, the Bay Area and I stumbled into uh, the five freeway. And obviously, and I saw this sign, you know, the West Coast Green Highway, which I'm like, OK, that's that following summer. I took that West Coast Green Highway all the way to Canada. Obviously, I could make it across because we had this border closing because of COVID, mm. but it was Great experience. I mean, I've never road tripped in my life. I never cared to road trip in my life. I'm an urban city guy. And this was the best ride I've ever had. And I culminated on my 30th birthday, June 30th. I mean, on my 50th birthday, June 30th, I was the happiest guy in the world because I did this 1400 some mile ride on electric motorcycle. Put me on the map. It was great. So then I started going, well, what's the next step? You know, I'm like, I like this. You know, I'm having fun with this. Yeah, people mm. might have charged every 80, 100 miles, but I don't. I I find it that it's fun. It's liberty. I meet people. I shake hands. I talk to people. I sightsee. And it forces me to enjoy the road trip itself. So uh, with the advent of more electric uh, electrical stations being placed all ar around the country, last year, Electrify America, which is one of the larger vendors in the nation, they announced that they have two routes or they would have two routes by this year to be able to do cross country. They stayed and say exactly with what vehicle. So as I was doing my math and I charged looking at my apps and kind of doing my mapping and charting, I go, I can technically do this on a motorcycle. Now the bike has the necessary range to get me from one vendor to the other, whether it's electrify America or another vendor, I should be able to make it. And I kind of map, I go, there's a couple of, there's like five spots that I'm going to have to do some creative writing to be able to extend that battery life past what it can do, but it's doable. And, um, I'm going to shoot for a cannonball run. Obviously, I'm not going to be able to take the shortest route. I got to take the only route that I can take. So hopefully I can make those charge stops quick, continue, quick, continue, rest up, and do the same thing for a few days. And hopefully I can be there. And I'm trying to meet the same record that was created for the cannonball run back in 1917 when the first vehicle made it across the country. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm going to try to shoot for. And, and we want to be clear. You're not trying to like break Electric Terry's record or anything like that. You're just trying to show that you can travel around the country on an EV vehicle now. Oh, Terry, Terry, love that guy. He's 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 mentoring me. He's the one who's calling yeah. me and telling me, hey, he's the one who threw, hey, do a cannonball run, dude. 
I, yeah. I haven't done it. Nobody's done it. I looked at it. I looked at Wikipedia. I looked everywhere. Has anybody done a cannonball run an electric motorcycle? No. People have gone from Florida to California, vice versa, mm-hmm. North California. But nobody started at the Portofino Hotel and nobody's ended at the Red Ball Garage. Nobody. Oh, so um, technically this will be a record. This would be the first record where it takes me five days, 10 days, 15 days, whatever it is. I'll set the line. Yeah, do it, dude. I mean, yeah, okay. Terry went cross country on his electric motorcycle in was it six days? Four days? Yeah, six days. He six did days. A, he did San Francisco to Florida. And that's a mod, mod, like, modified. So nobody has done this because, and this is what's kind of fascinating. We have the uh, electric vehicle industry that's making bikes that can do it. And now we have the infrastructure being laid out to where it's just possible. To me, you guys, this kind of reminds me of, what was it, like 100 years ago when people could finally right. take... Route 66. Yeah. Yes. Remember how much that changed well, the country, right? People are right. so obstinate. You, there needs to be somebody who needs to actually do it first. Like, so, you know, to go where they're dragons be so, you know, they don't get eaten up or something. So you should totally do this, man. I, I, and, 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 and and Liza was the one who first started pushing the button on it, going, Diego, you should make it special. You should make it special. And as I thought about <laughs> it, I'm like, you know what? And and obviously within reason and safety is more, you know, I got a wife and kids. I still got a lot for uh, I'm going to try to push. And then Terry started pushing the button. Too, <laughs> so everybody kind of ganged up on me. I said, and there's only one chance I'm going to do it. Because if I do it, probably my next run wouldn't be in this country. I'm already thinking about probably going across Canada. I was mm. just talking before you guys in Australia, maybe doing a cross country in Australia. So taking this road tripping cross country phenomenon to other continents to see if it can be done, you know, and as yeah. infrastructure gets laid out, make it a happening thing. And, and, and yes, I'm going to try to shoot it as fast as I can and hopefully I get in the record books and, you know, I, I go, I go, I go to Terry. Hey, Terry, can you start my Wikipedia page? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we got Terry, his Wikipedia page. <laughs> bagel, what you got? Oh, you're muted bagel. There we go. Okay. Sorry about that. That's all right. Um, yeah. I was wondering uh, with, with the, the spread of DC fast charging, how feasible is it now to do an iron butt on an electric bike? Exactly. Well, if Brandon was around, I know he tried it a couple of times and he wasn't successful. Um, right. There's got to be there's got to be a lot of things that kind of have to kind of fall at the right place at the right time with the right circumstances. With the bigger battery pack motorcycles, such as the Energicas, which have a 21.5 kilowatt battery pack, I think it's a lot easier to be done. Just got to find the right road to be able to do it and make sure that every single one of the charge stops is going to perform the way it's going to have to perform in order for you. Because, you know, in this type of environment, every second counts. So with that being said, I, if I would go for it, go for it, I would try it. Go for it. Only if I had a little bit bigger battery pack on my live wire. I'm hoping that they do deliver something like that. What about uh, Europe? Uh, it looks like there's going to be a mm. green highway from Norway to Italy, apparently, uh, as of 2017. Mm. I don't know if those charging points have been installed or not, but pr- approximately 10,000 charging points all across from uh, Norway to, to Italy. They just got to specify what type of charging points. Remember, there's... Oh, yeah, gotcha. Oh, yeah, you know, it does it does mean no good if they put level ones and level twos because I'm, I'm pretty much screwed. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. DC fast charge it. But uh, based on our, our experience down here in Southern California, doing those uh, cannonball runs we did earlier this year and last year, 
uh, we inspired some European guys who are all live wire guys to do something like that. And they're doing a, a European tour, a 500 mile tour. Nice. And they're taking their, their bikes from Berlin all the way across the Alps to uh, Monte Carlo or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like a nice. And they even asked me if I wanted to join them. I'm like, oh my God, I've never done that. That would be so nice to ride the Alps. <laughs> oh, you should. That's awesome. So, so Diego, when are you doing this trip? So I am going to drop a, 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 a public announcement because I've been keeping it hush hush mm-hmm. all this time. Or like you guys, really this is an exclusive. Exclusive. On June 30th, which is the day of my birthday, which is the day that I finished my first cross country, which is the south to north mm-hmm. last year. Uh, I'm going to announce and drop a video that I produced with a local rap artist here, uh, which is going to say pretty much what who I am, what my intentions are. Uh, nice. Once that video drops, the following morning, that night I'm spending the night at the Portofino Hotel or in that vicinity, and I will be at 3 o'clock in the morning unstaging the bike and getting the hell out of there, making it to New York. New York nice. or bus. You're doing some rock star shit, huh? I, <laughs> I got I, I, I to do, do it right Hey, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Hey, if you need a guest rapper, we got Miss Emma, whose rap name is actually C-Nut. Yes. <laughs> it says so right there. <laughs> <laughs> she, can always, she can always rap with my guy. That's what I thought. So, yeah, so the idea is to take off on that day. And, uh, this, I'm not going to give – I'm going to give a live tracker. I'm mm-hmm. going to post a tracker on the Livewire forum and our, on our Livewire pages and on my Instagram pages so people can follow me. They're going to be able to follow me through something called Blue Lane. It's a tracker. Yeah. And um, once they do that, I am going to invite them if they can intersect me. Now, I'm not giving exactly charge points or charge spots. It's like giving the streaker formula to Coca-Cola, which I don't want to do that. And charging subject to change without notice. So basically, I could get to a charge station and it could be host. So I got to you know figure out what the plan B is going to be or plan C. So I don't want to be giving people misleading information going, oh, I thought you were going to be here such and such day. And mm-hmm. eventually, I make it there because something happened. So you know those types of things I want to avoid. So I'm just going to put up a tracker. I'm going to do live broadcasting as I'm charging. I'm going to tell the people what issues I found, how the bike's been behaving, what issues I'm facing. There's going to be a couple of spots. I mean, there's five spots where the range between chargers is 120 miles. And the live wire at freeway speeds, the most it can give me is 90 miles. Hey, so yeah, so, is, <laughs> is Harley getting some of your R&D st- uh, data? Yeah, they're, they, 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 they're tied in with me, being that I'm like... okay. The, List for their for their EV line, you know, they, I'm not on their payroll. Don't get me wrong. Sure. They, they gave him a free pair of socks. Nice. They gave him socks. They gave <laughs> the vest. Yeah. I met. I met some Bill tassels. David, but yeah. I do have the ability to text the guy who designed the bike or the guy who managed the team who designed the bike. So if I have Excellent. any issues, I cool. you know I got that type of report out with them, and they love that I'm helping them since I'm a I work in IT for a living cybersecurity. So I'm real technical when it comes to the operating of the bike. And there was a recall last year on the live wire. I don't know if you guys recall, heard about that. There was a, mm-hmm. a back yeah. call and I was the one who helped them debug that thing. So mm. with my being able to kind of get some real world experience on the bike and, you know, scenarios where, you know, you know, Charlie and Ewan did, did great on their 13,000 mile ride, but you know, that was Hollywood budget, Hollywood dollars, Hollywood, you know, situation in me. I'm just, Plain old me. Uh, Speaking no, right. speaking of Hollywood and plain old you, you guys, he was in Long Way Up. Did you know that? I was not Ooh. aware. Of that. Yes, wow. he was. Yeah, he got to meet him at the end and ride with them when they came up into LA. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. I yeah, he cool. was there. So, 
obviously Harley Davidson keeps everything hot shots. They put me on this mu- muscle and they had me quiet down, basically put an NDA on me. And, <laughs> uh, but now since it's over, I can talk about it. So, uh, basically what happened is being that I had live wire number one in Southern California, well, really live wire number two, but number one was never sold was sitting down at a dealership. Uh, but I was first customer owned live wire in, in Southern California. They, I, I kind of threw it out at one of my contacts because they had a, a program when you first when you first bought the live wires, certain people got what they call white glove. White glove was basically they mm-hmm. paired you with a senior executive at Harley Davidson, and that person would be your point of contact. Mm-hmm. Now, I have paired up wow. the guy who runs operations for the corporation, the vice president of operations. I mean, this guy reports to Joachim, which is you know the CEO. So him and I built a good rapport, and um, we, we we I was telling about all my antics and my trips and all the different stuff that I was doing. And uh, it eventually became a friendship. And I one day I told him, hey, you know, I, I've been following Ian and Charlie since the moment they arrived in Argentina because obviously a lot of people would tweet, take, send pictures of them to me so I can put them on my Instagram so I could keep track of it. And I was trying to find if I could find their route, but obviously their route was unpublished as well because they didn't want to be flocked mm-hmm. by fans and, you know, and groupies and all that other stuff stopping their <laughs> prom. So uh, I was getting pictures that nobody else was getting. And, the, and when I met them, which was funny, I go and shake their hands. <laughs> so you're Diego. I go, why? He goes, you've been giving away our secrets. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. No, but no, they were appreciative of my, of my, my relationship. So, so they, they gave me the opportunity to ride with them as they rode into LA. Yeah. Uh, obviously we had the Rivian trucks in front of us with the camera crew. I was there with them. My wife was behind me. I uh, was with me a bunch of other, you know, this, uh, uh, Hollywood VIPs were there with us, senior executives from Rivian uh, and, and, and Harley Davidson were there. And a lot of the engineering team, we rode with them to the bike sheds parking lot. Mind mm-hmm. you, the bike shed not open yet. So we could only just do the after party there. We took some video there, shook hands, had a couple of drinks and that was it. Oh, it's a wrap, you know, and then a year, uh, close to a year later, because all this finished right before pandemic time. Uh, a year later is when the the pub- right. finished movie came out and got published and came out on Apple TV Plus. What a, what a cool uh, experience to have! Um, I want to make sure people know how they can follow you. Okay, so easiest way is if you're an Instagram person, just go to at dcar70. So dcar70, the at you'll see a mug picture of me in front of the Harley Davidson Tower. I also run and created the Facebook HD Livewire community on Facebook. So if you mm-hmm. go to facebook.com forward slash HD Livewire, yeah. you'll be able to get for, uh, to my page, which is my personal page as my, as that's my alter ego. And then from there, you can jump into the community, which is also a group where we have that, you know, almost a thousand hardcore EV guys who love the live wire and related technologies. They're just talking shop and exchanging ideas. And I did this to my bike and I did that to this. And, you know, they all help each other. You know, we're, we're finding solutions to problems because obviously Harley Davidson has been busy doing other stuff. We're creating all kinds of little tools. I mean, I've designed um, highway pegs for my bike. I put in, you know, frame protectors. Right. I finished installing a GV. He's making uh, parts. That's so, so yeah, cool. And they sell them. I mean, some other guy, people were complaining about a certain aspect of the bike. The guy, he's a really good CAD cam designer. He went and designed 3D parts and he's selling them now on my site, which is crazy. So so it's becoming a real like community nice. of helping each other. Well, Diego, awesome. I know that so it's a very short notice. It's only a few days away that you're doing this trip. So um, 
you wouldn't you wouldn't mind if some of us uh, come along on a on a thousand dollar motorcycle, would you? Hey, if we we can keep up with the live. <laughs> <work. laughs> all right, I want to I want to see. Um, all right, so who was able to find uh, a thousand dollar motorcycle? All right, John, you got one. I, do. I got one. Bagel, got one. Jim, Jim, you got one. Bagel, you got <clears throat> one. All right, knock if you want to find one. Fair you can. Right. Otherwise, you can be a judge. So, uh, and and Diego, you can help be the judge along with Miss Emma. So, what we're going to do is we are going to pitch these bikes we found, and whoever finds the most, uh, the best deal, the most reliable bike. So. Emma. Yes, darling. Here's what I found. Okay. Going cross country, you need to be comfortable. Yes. Um, I found the ultimate luxury. Yes. In a 1983 <gasps> Honda Goldwing GL 1100. Oh God. Now it's got <laughs> the <laughs> it's got the plexiglass uh, front fairing, so yes. lightweight. Yes. Mm. But it does have. The top case and side bags. Yes, that come, that come separately. With, that come as a separately. Kit form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you can put on, so you can carry lots of Some luggage. Some assembly required. So here's the deal with this bike. Okay, uh, tell me all. They're asking nine hundred dollars. Oh, it's a bargain. So I got thousand bucks to spend, right? Nine hundred bucks. Uh, this person says this was their favorite bike from two thousand six to two thousand and ten. So it's been sitting for ten years, eleven years. Eleven. <laughs> then the rear brake locked up, and I never fixed it. So this is just a stuck caliper. No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> Says it's been sitting indoors for ten years. Yes. It needs not a eleven years. Needs a new rear brake cylinder, a battery, and a seat bolt. That's it. So I figured sure. for nine hundred plus a battery for a thousand bucks, and I can fix the. Do you think? That the carburetors <laughs> might need attention. Yeah, but I can clean that. That's I can do that here. How long have you been dicking around with the carburetors on your KZ400? Oh, but, you know, I could do but, it. The whole but, point. But, well, I'm not going to... budget. I'm not going to shoot you down yet. That is quite a comfortable motorcycle. However, my little mental calculator, 11-year-old tires, 11-year-old mm -hmm. brake lines at least, 11-year-old oil, Mm -hmm. 11-year-old coolant, 11-year-old mm -hmm. spark plugs, 11-year-old cam belts, 11-year-old fuel in the tank. Yes, but it's a Honda. But it's an old Goldwing. Oh, I'm just saying, hey, mm -hmm. okay, this is a $900 Goldwing. Next. All right, John, what do you got? All right, I'll go with this one. So I have a 2006 Kawasaki Vulcan 750, 19,000 miles. Yes. Uh it says, uh, carburetor, says you only need to reinstall the carburetors and Ooh. and it's ready to go. Very strong bike. Why were their carburetors removed? They fall out sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got popping back uh, We're not, you know, it's... How much is it? A thousand bucks. A thousand bucks. So all your budget's gone. Yep. So if there's anything that hmm. it needs, you shit out a lot. I, I got the best one here. Next. Wow. All right. Bagel, you want to go? Um, I could go or I could wait for last. Oh, he thinks he's got Okay. Okay. Jim, what do you got? All right. I got one. It's right at $1,000, but it's a, it's a Honda, also going with reliability. Yes. Mm -hmm. and it's also comfortable. It's a uh, a custom-styled standard produced from 1980 to 1982. Ooh. It's the CB. Don't say 500. 1,000 custom. Oh. Oh. 1983 CB 1,000 yeah. custom. Oh, good bike. So, 
Yeah, dual. That has a dual. Yeah, dual the ten speed. Cam. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit of a of a of a freight train, yes. I believe. But you know, you're going cross country. Yeah, big comfortable bike. Once mm-hmm. you get up to speed, I think it will be a, yes. a grand tour bike. How much? So How much? It, it it's, is. It's, it's, Every penny of a thousand dollars. So well, we're not. We're figuring we're also going to negotiate it. Nineteen eighty-three condition fare, thousand uh, cc, uh, nineteen thousand miles. Yes, and I know it's been well cared for because I found it in Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, oh. so I'm sure it's uh-huh. been sitting outside in the elements for <laughs> for the entire time. But let's see. It ran when parked. It did. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, low mileage. <laughs> has been sitting for several years as mm-hmm. owner stopped riding. <laughs> Not okay. negotiable on price. First person with a thousand cash takes it as is. Price is firm. Beautiful bike. Shouldn't take much to get it ah, going. There oh, it there's is. the big question. There now. it is. Next. All right. All right. Knock. You guys are gonna eat shit. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a this is an Aprilia Capnord. Capnord. Oh, oh god. What? Oh no. Needs fix up a thousand bucks. I, I saw oh, this bike. No, you saw it. No. I have seen this You've bike. You've physically seen this bike? Is it dog shit? No, keep talking. Yeah, okay, yeah. It was in a side collision. The brake jammed up. Needs to have cable adjusted on the rear brake. I don't know what that means exactly. Maybe just rear brake lines dusted or I don't know. Bike has been planned on up, so it would be nice to have a truck. Uh, some damage to fairings, but is in good. But is a good bike to ride out and remaining miles uh, to sell to young men. Yeah. So Capenor, just rashed fairings and maybe rear brake issues. Uh, plan on up. How much is it? Thousand bucks. Bagla. All right. Well, here's the problem. None of y'all are going to make it across country on that budget <laughs> because you don't have enough money for gas. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you offering this solution? Yeah. $100. Yes. If it's the cooler. You can buy a Honda. What? Yes. A Honda Biz 125. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, you won that one. Sorry. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. Oh, I, I judged that? too quickly. This is a very similar scooter to what my friend Ben rode on the Scooter Cannonball Run, I think in 2016, uh, all the way across the country. Um, and I think he won his class, as a matter of fact. Mm. Um, it may be a 125, but oh, I believe that's a bike. That and it's a big wheel. Is, yeah, it's a big wheel. I believe it's oh. capable of 60 to 65 miles an hour. Mm. And it sips fuel. What? So for mm. your $100 purchase on the bike, a $50 tent. Just um, and bagel. And ba- un- stop. <laughs> stop. I'm going to stop you there. <laughs> right. This is all very well and noble. Yes. Nobody sells a, a good running, good condition scooter for $100. Oh, Nobody. Well, yeah, I don't know. No. <laughs> no, you're saying it's anything. No, you're being economical with the truth now. There's, I there's want you to read the, the the full ad, the full unabridged <laughs> ad. That's uh, it right there. Uh, that's all the information we, they get. We're going to go for round 2 or what? Oh wait, oh, wait, here no. it is. Yes. Here's the description. What's it say? I can't read that. Randland Park. It says Honda Honda Biz 125. Modelo 2013. Okay, it's stolen. That's it. Yeah, that's hot. That's as hot as... Oh, it man. is a cannonball. It's as hot as Portland right now. It is a cannonball. <laughs> having the having the wherewithal to pay for the gas all the way across the country <coughs> does not count if you get arrested for riding a stolen bike before you've left the state. And well, I would I like to remind stolen. you, I would like to remind you that riding a stolen bike across state lines is... Is a felony. Federal, federal offense. Yes. It's, it's not 
it's not stolen because why would you put a stolen bike on Facebook Marketplace where they can track oh, it back oh, to you? <laughs> you know the answer because everybody's honest oh, on the people internet. People are dumb. <laughs> um, Clearly. <laughs> so, um, are we going to recap? No, so we're not. I want I want, I want Diego's opinion since he's going to have to be riding along with this person. Just remember, Diego, that. A Honda Biz 125 will not be able to keep up with you. It would slow you down tremendously. I've, I've got Unlike a clear winner. a Honda Goldwing. Nope. But I've it will catch up to you at the charging stations. Yeah. I, here's what I see. Out of all the bikes, your bike is the only one that runs, supposedly. The other ones <laughs> need... No, no, no. no mine the runs. lack of information does not mean it runs. <laughs> no. My bike runs. <laughs> so, so it's a the other, bike, the other bikes need this. The other bikes need that. So none of those bikes... Are you guaranteed to be at the starting line? So with no, that man, no. with the stolen bike and hedge my bets. <laughs> when when right. so, said, my, you just so Diego, I think your answer is take the risk with the stolen scooter. And ride it like you ride stole it. it. Like you stole it. <laughs> True. My choice, my choice yes. is actually very, very clear. Yes. What could possibly be better than a Goldwing? Than riding across the country on a smashed up Italian bike. Uh, <laughs> let me see that thing. I right. truly think the cap is the way to go. And I, the only reason I'm poo pooing your slicer, um, I think John's potentially any bike that's not running is fraught. And truthfully, none of these bikes run. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we're talking about thousand dollar. I mean, that's just a great bike to have, right? Right, now, grand. The fact that it's a running cap, yeah. And at the end of the day, you can just take off the rear caliper. I mean, mm -hmm. how long's Electric Terry been riding around with no brakes? Yeah, exa exactly. True. And exactly. it's a running cap, and a cap, even the vintage ones like that, is easily a hundred and twenty mile an hour bike, mm -hmm. and they handle great, and it's a big truck. And they are actually quite reliable when you get past the fact that it's an Italian bike. So yeah, it's lots more, of little things break down. I think it's more reliable than the Ducati of the same marquee. Oh, year. yeah. Um, <clears throat> no, I'd go for the cab. Sorry, Liza. But, uh, I mean, it's not that everyone's choice was crap. It's Everyone... just got spoked wheels, man. You can take it off. Oh, the those, road, are, <laughs> those early Capanords are just, and it is like riding a truck. They're mm -hmm. wonderful. Um, so I'd, I'd do the Capanord. All right. Congratulations. Yeah. Well you done, Mark. I wasn't even trying, dog. <laughs> and funnily enough, mm. um, because, you know, I sold my beloved Moto Guzzi. Mm. And oh, you did. Oh, man. I That's saw that ad for the Capanord, and I thought, mm. Mm. yeah. Oh, you next do, build. You do it with another Italian, next huh? Build. However, I am negotiating for something different right now. Oh. oh. I guess we'll have to find out. How so much you, you sell your- $1,000 Capanord that's running? Uh, well, you know, um- the price I got for the Motoguzi is between me and the buyer. Mm. However, he's extremely happy with it, um, and I'm extremely happy as well. Oh, and that's good. at the end of the day. That's good. Um, that's all I care about. And it's it's none other than uh, Craig from Pacific Motorcycle Training. No, no really? Shit. Okay, Fred. Okay. I, yeah. I see him dressed up like a pimp in a big furry hat riding that thing around. I think that. I think actually that is the grand plan. He Some bought bell it. bottoms and white shoes. Actually, you know, I feel sorry for his, his wife because he bought it for her, but he's enjoying it so much he's not getting a look in. <laughs> so um, there so, you go. So the Capanord. Tra-la-la. -la. Well All done, All right, not. Diego. Do you mind waiting for him to catch up to you? 
I don't know who catch up to me at the train station. <laughs> I know. Well, Diego, I wanted you to. I wanted to thank you for coming on and telling us about your story and make sure people follow you because, again, what you're saying is this is just something that's possible to do now. Right. I mean, and and hopefully more people will realize that they can do more uh, with their bikes and not just electric riders. But I think there's a lot of um, gas bike riders who don't realize that they can do more with it and go out and adventure. In the last year, I think a lot of people got a, a good opportunity to tour the country, being that we were kind of locked in in this country itself, you know, can fly out. So a lot mm-hmm. of people just start doing activities outside their own state, you know, and I was yeah. one of those that let's go to Canada on the five freeway and take my electric motorcycle. And the people that I met, the sites that I saw, the places that I hung out were just so amazing. I mean, I'm like, whoa. So now I got bit with the adventure bike thing and now i got to go across the united states on the same type type of transportation i'm just waiting until you know they have some real cruisers electric cruisers coming out yeah and there's already a, a kickstarter confederate happening. confederate a 300, yeah there's a three curtis mile. oh no, curtis sorry curtis curtis yeah curtis uh, yeah. Confederate bike. um but there's a 300 mile kickstarter campaign with a knee with an ev bike that does 300 plus miles already yeah yeah mm-hmm. so this stuff coming down well, the pipeline yeah. i'm just gonna well, i'm gonna tell you what's gonna kick all the butts Bagel, it's probably going to be the uh, the BMW scooter, isn't it? The new ice scooter. The electric BMW electric scooter. Isn't there a BMW electric? Who who's the one well, you get the hook with it? A <laughs> I thought that was the live wire. Oh, is it the live wire you get the hook, Emma? Yeah, I thought it was the BMW. <laughs> it might be the live wire. You, well, okay, to pull you off of the charger. Yes, that's the that's the life one. That's part of the hundred and fifty-seven thousand dollar buy. Is that part of the white glove service? Did you get a, a fiberglass hook, Diego? <laughs> no, I didn't. Ah, <laughs> so, um, in case in case you didn't hear this story, Diego, um, I got this from um, a dealership, and I can't say who they were who bought into the program. And when you when you pay your hundred and fifty seven thousand dollars, you get a variety of things, and that's not the only amount to buy in because you actually have to build an annex on the workshop if if your workshop's not big enough. So it, I guess it can actually add. But this mysterious package came with all the equipment, and it's a fifteen foot long fiberglass boat. Hook. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. And the idea is that, yeah. is if yeah. the technician is being electrocuted, you just grab him with a boat hook and pull him wow. off the bike. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was the so, b- yeah. So all shops came with this. I remember <laughs> talking about. Oh my god. Yeah, it's, it's expensive. It's the most expensive bug swatter I've seen in my life. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's to get the get the technician who's obviously being electrocuted. If he's stuck onto the battery pack because it's about to blow on him. <laughs> yeah, you you pull him off. I think it's the most marvelous thing. Old school rules. That's amazing. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, you know, but you know, here's another one. Here's an interesting one. If if the bike has gone through thermal runaway, which is the process where the battery cells are just yeah. kind of themselves, ride the bike to the middle of your parking lot structure and get away from it. Yeah, I think I, there's yeah. a video of that happening to somebody. Yeah, yeah. no. Nope. There was one bike that caught fire, but yeah. So the safety procedures: if you have thermal runaway, just 
step away from the bike and hopefully it's in the middle of some sort of parking structure or let the fire consume itself. Emma, uh, not, not to speak out of class, but did, weren't you involved in some sort of a battery explosion down at yes. the secret, <laughs> secret Vetter Laboratory yeah. in no, Carmel Valley? I was, I, was, <laughs> I was at the secret Vetter Laboratory and we were trying to figure out what voltage these batteries were because whatever reason, nobody had a voltmeter. So we connected, we connected up a 12-volt battery to 120 volts DC. And, and it was quite the explosion, and it could, and it oh, continued. Video of you shrieking, yes, it was shrieking. That's right. <laughs> it's like Chernobyl over there. Yeah, it was. Um, it's quite spectacular. Um, but you know, it's funny. It reminds me many, many years ago in a previous life. I used to, I used to drive Greyhound buses, and back then they actually had two-stroke Detroit diesels. And two-stroke Detroit Diesels have this little thing where they do they run away. Oh, yeah. And you if, you, <laughs> yeah. if you do a cold start on it and it runs away, there's nothing you can do yeah. to stop it. Do they, do they tell you to shove a rag in the intake? Oh, they tell you to do a lot of things. <laughs> but the most effective That's thing and the right. Greyhound way of dealing with a runaway Detroit was drive it out to the middle of the parking lot, shut it, and just... Set the parking brake and run away. Yeah. <laughs> Sound familiar? Abandoned ship. Yeah. That's funny. Wow. So Diego, before we let we before we let you go, just tell us one more time how everyone can follow you. Okay, so easiest way is if you go to Instagram mm-hmm. and you follow the at the uh, the the handle of at D C A R seven zero. Okay. At D C A R seven zero in there. If you go to my my profile page, you'll see a link tree link, which is the that'll take you to the Facebook pages, that'll take you to my Instagram, that'll take you to the press and media that I've been with the Livewire, or you can go to facebook.com forward forward slash HD Livewire. All right, and that's the other way you can get a hold of me, and in there's where I'm going to be dropping that video, the links, and all stuff. Okay, so you can on that adventure. I'm on it right now. You have 1,467 posts, 1,390 followers, 1,391 you are following. You're a technologist, an on-air TV expert, a fan of EVs, Tesla, mobility, motorcycles, sometimes an entrepreneur. Fantastic. And, and Emma? And? You like to say... Oh, he's extremely well-groomed. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Hey, yeah, uh, I kind of, I kind of went. Oh, you see, there's a picture of Speed Racer. Oh, oh my Speed God! <laughs> hey, go uh, Speed Racer, go. Good Diego, Lord. I'm glad you're Ooh, able to get out and one. about uh, during the pandemic to kind of see the states. You know, it's it's traveling is always a good thing for your brain, and I'm glad you're able to do it, especially on an electric. Well, too. I, I get it because I. I can say last year was my 50th birthday. I don't want to be locked up at home, you know, yeah. with a piece of and a candle. I said to my wife, I just, let's just get some money. Let's go across the country. We'll just go from hotel to hotel and eventually make it to Canada and celebrate my birthday up there. And I did it. And I was able to prove that point. You can now go across the state of California, Oregon, and Washington. Right on. Without- right on. Happy birthday. And I'm glad you're able to do it, man. Actually, there is a great picture on here, Diego, of... Um, I'm guessing it's you sitting on a city street on your um, live wire. And it looks like a toy because it's got it's got forced perspective and your helmet's about a hundred times too big. And 
no. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so it's a, it's one of my followers designed it for me. <laughs> That's it's really cool. The bubble version of me. He's done a bubble version, but he's done. The, they do this kind of weird thing with forced perspective where it doesn't look real. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. cute. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Great. Yeah, it's great. So if you follow me, yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not a. You know, I'm not a multi-million follower guy. But I mean, the people follow me is because they like what I post. And right, and it's as as you point out, it's a great portal. Um, um if you want to get, get more, to know you more followers, I would suggest doing makeup tutorials on TikTok. Yeah. Right. There that's you go. It. That's how you get um, Only fans. I hear that's part of it. You know what? I'll do grooming. Grooming. Yes, grooming. That's a whole so, thing. So, and Diego, uh, <laughs> next time you're in town, come on up. We'd love to uh, have you hang out at the shop again. Yeah, man. I I will make it. I, I want to. I want to do this. Is once I conquer this challenge, mm-hmm. I want to go up and tell you the story of Hawaii. Yeah, there it is. Nice. There. There's the excuse for me to ride up there and hang out with you guys and ride with you guys. I'm there you awesome. go. Sure. I love it. Tell there us about go. getting in the record books. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I don't know who I'm going to have to report this to. I'm taking all the notes and taking care of the logs and putting the tracker on so nobody can rebuttal that I did it. You know, it's yeah. going to be. Indeed. So whoever has to be pick, picking that up and compiling it and putting me wherever, they can at least get the right name, right spelling and the right distances. Nice. Well, thanks for coming on. Hey, thank you for having me, Lisa. It's always a pleasure being with you guys, and I enjoy this. No problem. So- I'll be I'll be following your your. Adventure. Oh, we we will be following your progress, Diego. Good luck. Thank you. See you guys. All right. See you. Right. Bye bye. Bye. So, Emma, and um, what a great ambassador for electric yeah. propulsion. Yeah, Diego's a cool guy. He's no, cool he's a things. cool guy. And actually, do you remember we always talked about that shitty formula that you ride for an hour and charge for an hour? Mm-hmm. So. We're actually beginning to get away from that now because if you can, I'm kind of doing my little mental math and I'm thinking you could probably ride for three hours and charge for an hour, which makes it a lot more palatable. That's what now. you want to do anyways. I well, mean, kind of, you, yeah. Even, even I if mean, you can you know, go further than three hours, I mean, uh, some people for sure can't. I'd rather like stretch out for 45 minutes. But it's, it, 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 we need to get to where... You become the limiting factor, not oh, the bike. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I because mean, for the, the longest goal, right? time, it was ride for an hour, charge it, for an hour, ride for an hour, charge for an hour. It, and, you know, right. you, you need to get beyond that formula. It kind of yeah. feels like we're getting into the Moore's Law, if you know the computer Moore's Law, where oh, right, your computing yeah. power doubles every certain amount, 18 months or something like that. Because I think mm-hmm. now yeah. with Ford coming out with the lightning truck, I you know, that's going to even drive the motorcycle oh, yeah, market, you know too, because yeah. everything is... Kind of seller, dude. That Mach three <clears throat> car, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, the, cool. the Mustang. Uh, what a big move for Ford. But you know yeah. what? I don't like that. T- Technology is really <laughs> cool, but I want to go back in time mm. to when there was new technology at the time. You know, and it's not always accepted. A lot of people don't accept new technology. We had an example of it here at the garage today. Some of us got to see it. Some of us got to ride it. Oh, yeah. You want to tell everyone what we had here today, Emma? Is it steam-powered? No. Yes, it was. It might as well have been steam-powered. We had a <laughs> Honda CB750 automatic. Wow. Honda-matic. Ooh. Honda- really? Oh, I, yeah. Up. Yeah. I should have showed up for that one. It's yeah. not automatic. It's Honda-matic. Is that what mm. Prince rode? Was that the Prince bike? Mm. Kind of. He rode yeah. the smaller version. Yeah. Ah, okay. So hmm. um, back in the mid-'70s, very brief history, Holden. It is very, very brief and very, very short. Honda's mantra has always been, we will make a bike for you. We don't care how old you are. We don't care what gender you are. We don't care what you use your bike for. 
we're going to make a bike for you. Mm -hmm. So at some stage in the mid-70s, they kind of figured out that there was this whole demographic of people who were scared to death of clutches. Now, they've kind of always known that because one of the most prolific Hondas ever made, you know, the Honda Passport, mm -hmm. has got no clutch. And so yeah. they thought, okay, well, well let's extrapolate this well, further. My, my Trail 70. Which is based on the Passport mm -hmm, engine, yeah. no clutch. Yeah. So they thought, okay, we're going to do this further. And they did basically two bikes. Mm -hmm. They did the middleweight, which was based on the 400 Twin, and then the 754. Um, and they both had basically the same transmission. They had a two-speed transmission that you shift mm -hmm. and a hydraulic torque converter. <laughs> and that was yeah, it. Interesting. And... They're actually not unpleasant bikes to ride. I have to say, I find, to a certain extent, I find the 400 a lot more pleasant to ride than the 750, just because it's a lot, it's a lighter bike. How many, it, how many years did they make them? Oh, and it was very short-lived. Was it uh, the, okay. the, the 400 the, yeah, the, more popular? I mean, because yeah. it was lighter and it was more of an entry-level so, entry bike. Well. Yeah. You know, these were expensive bikes. Um the The 750 came in two flavors. It came in the Gen 1, and they were usually lime green. You know, Honda really wanted these bikes to look different. So the colors, well, are unlike anything else in the range. Yeah. So the Gen 1s were lime green with spoke wheels. And I want to say they came in in late 77, and they lasted till the end of 78. And then the Gen 2s wow, came in. Wow, that's really brief. Yeah, the Gen 2s came in, which were really similar, but they had the Comstar wheels on. Mm-hmm. And remember, we did a whole history hole with Comstar wheels in, you know, slightly more subdued colors. But when the twin, cam, twin cams came in at the end of 79, the automatics went with it. There were only ever single cam bikes. Hmm. Um, so it's quite a short-lived thing. Um, but there, it's an interesting case study of Honda saying, look, we're going to provide you with this thing, whether you kind of choose to buy it or not and the 400s as the 400s lasted a bit longer than the 750s because famously prince had one and i think that was like 80 81 he had a right. fairing on his and then the the 750s were heavier right so as an entry oh, yeah. level bike it yeah. wasn't ideal as an entry level That's bike cool and clutch cover man was right yeah oh, well sorry. that that yeah. clutch cover has got honda civic clutch plates in it and, and, and <laughs> what, awesome. what, what kind of fairing did prince wow. have uh Better. It was kind of like a better, wasn't it? It was, it was a better quicksilver. It was a quicksilver, quick and everything was painted purple with mm -hmm. symbols that denoted questionable gender <laughs> and a horn. Mm -hmm. Prince was dope like that. So, yeah, he was dope like that. I've got questions for you. So, Did um, you know that when Prince appeared on stage, he wore boots with far higher heels than I generally wear? Because hmm. he's a very small guy. Very, very small. Yeah. yeah, so big but, presence. Yeah, big presence and a very solid cat. And oh, yeah. m m arguably one of the greatest guitarists of the 20th mm -hmm. century. And he's not no, often known for that. That is Peter Frampton. Peter oh, Frampton no, can no, play no, guitar. No. But <laughs> dear. How about uh, Didi Ramon? <laughs> yes, anyway. How about um, Andres so Segovia? We Ooh. are going off at a tangent. So back to the bike that arrived today. It was a glorious Gento. CB750. Wait, did you bring it? Automatic? No. no, no. Whose was it? Whose fucking bike? Marcus. Was? Marcus with a K. Yeah. Oh, man. 
his name from has Oakland. a K and he's got a Honda Medic. Yeah, I know. That guy's getting Yeah, all he came the down tank. from Oakland to visit and let us uh, take it for rides. So I have so many questions because yes. I'm familiar with the, I mean, the DCT, like my. Yeah, well, that's a, well, re, I'm what fam- does DCT stand for? Dual clutch transmission. There you go. Well, they say not got one of them. I'm Damn familiar with the CVT, like Bagel has on his scooters. It hasn't got one of them. Right? Um, I'm even familiar with the dual range, like you have on some of the small, uh, like Hondas, right? No, it, that's purely mechanical. That's different. But I realized this Honda Matic. I did not know what elastic trickery is used right. to make it work. And when you look at this engine, yes. it is quite unique. The engine case is not Ooh, I like that blue. Like the other Honda 750s. It's not like the oh. others. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Did you look that up, Bagel? If you look on the right side of it, did you take photos of it today? No. Why didn't you do what? Because I was too busy riding it, sucker. Oh, you rode um, it? Yeah, we, we ridded it. So it has an unusual engine case. Yes. So what well, is going that, on there? How does of, this work? That's full of torque converter. So how does that it's work? It's a liquid torque converter. Like, it's got, yeah, no, it's, it's got, a viscous, it, like it, a automatic like, car. Yeah, no, like, um, yeah, <laughs> like, like a, like a viscous, like a hydroglide, like a viscous pit bull that bites right. you in the ass. <laughs> so, oh no, sorry, that's something else. <laughs> okay, explain this. So, how many gears does it have? Just two? It's got two. High two gears. So, how is it that you have such a wide range for each gear? Because there's no mechanical. Is this is the key okay. with a torque converter? There is no mechanical connection between the engine and the transmission. Mm-hmm. Everything's done hydraulically. Everything. So there is... You remember when you said, oh, it's sluggish? Yes. You kind of missed the point. So when you open up a bike, when you give a bike the beans, usually there's a means of getting power from the crankshaft to the transmission. And it may be via a chain. It may be via a belt. It may be via direct gears, whether they're straight cut and you get a nice wine or cut at a slight angle. Mm-hmm. And then that drives the clutch. And there's a little damping in the clutch, but it goes straight into the gears. And I wanted to say real quick, um, there, there was a surprise when I, I got on the bike and I started it. It, it, was, was, a ki- in, it, it was in neutral. It was a kinder surprise. And I did, like you do on any bike that's new to you. <laughs> I, I don't know about you guys, but I usually... Hold the front brake when I put it into gear. Good job you did. Because you don't know how the clutch is adjusted or anything. Mm -hmm. So I just, out of habit, I pulled it in. I put it into gear and it started moving. It started pulling. It does not have neutral like my bike does. It's When it's sitting still, it's absolute neutral. You can roll it back and forth. No, this was, okay, we're going now. Right. And that's kind of the failing in automatic bikes and this was always a criticism of these bikes because if you think about it a car is a big heavy thing you know there's a lot of inertia there's a lot Mm -hmm. of momentum or lack thereof and so if you're sitting at the light and the torque converter spinning and the easiest way to um describe a torque converter do you know what a nautilus is have you ever seen a nautilus it's a ship shell it's like a, it's a snail that lives in the sea. Oh, right, right, right. right. Well, a torque converter kind of looks like a Nautilus inside. Oh, okay. And so you have something that's mechanically driven, and the oil is pushed through passages, 
And so the center of it gets driven by the force of the oil going through passages. So there's no real offsetting. Yeah. Even when they're spinning up idle speed, there's still some drive to the center. It's still trying to turn that center. Mm. And so that's what you're feeling. Yeah, just uh, Google a torque converter right. for your yeah. general car. It'll show you the principle. And it's exactly the same principle. You yeah. know, it's fluid transfer. Mm-hmm. And they're very subject to temperature. They tend to work better when they're hot. Mm. But you've got to watch the temperature because um, automatic transmissions can run quite hot. Now, the advantage in a car is a car is big enough that you can have separate engine. There you are. There's your engine. It's got 2050 in it or whatever. And then there's the transmission, which takes automatic transmission fluid, which is basically like red wee-wee. It's mm-hmm. very, very thin. Very thin. And to give you an idea of how hot these transmissions run... You put transmission fluid in the cheek of the radiator to cool it down. What? Yeah. That's how automatic transmissions mm. work in cars. The oil gets so much hotter than the actual engine coolant, you put it through the hot radiator to bring the temperature down. And usually on a big car like a Cadillac or a Chevy, one entire cheek of the radiator is devoted to keeping the transmission cool. And you may, in addition to that, have a separate transmission cooler. Mm. Well, you don't have that real estate on a bike. You don't have the real estate for a separate um, oil reservoir, so it runs on engine oil. You don't have the real estate for a radiator because... Oh, it runs on the engine oil. It shares the oil. Oh, did not It's an air-cooled bike. You don't even really have room for a transmission cooler. Mm. So... They run warm. And when I was sitting in traffic test riding it, you know, the thing you constantly smell on the 750 automatic is just hot engine oil. Burning oil, yeah. Yeah, It's getting (laughs) the engine oil lovely and warm. But I was a lot kinder about it than you. I actually think it's quite a pleasant thing to ride. And funnily enough, I've come across a few of these bikes over the years, and I always go and have a look at them if they come up for sale to see if they're... See if they're worth buying, just as an interesting period piece. And in almost every case, except for Marcus, with a K, Mm. the owner had some kind of disability. Mm. I remember the first time I ever saw one, there was somebody who didn't have a leg. But now I'm wondering how they shifted, because you still have to shift. Well, yeah, but it's easy enough, because all you've you've basically got to do is, if you have the shifter... You could have a long rod oh, coming yeah. up, and you can modify. Yeah, you can modify the shift, so, and it's only two gears, and you can happily ride that bike around in first everywhere. So here's the big question: Yes, why did we not see it continue? Because of all the things that I said, they ran hot. Yeah, um, they weren't the most reliable thing. Performance was kind of slow. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're used to a seven fifty four. Yeah, and what I found when I took off, when you take off, you're, it's it doesn't matter how much gas you give it, it's slowly building up until you get to about like 15 miles per hour, and then it like it catches. Now it's responding, but there's this brief period of getting up to speed that is like, like yeah, but it's a technique. I remember yeah. technique. You got to keep the torque converter spinning. Yeah. You got to keep the converter spinning because that's where your power is. Yeah. Um, and like I say, the big problem, 
it rode better, I think, the second time you took it out. And I said, look, here's the technique, Liza. Yeah. And the engine was a lot warmer. Remember I told yeah. you they ran better when they're hot? I don't know if you said it as much as you yelled it at her as she was going down the driveway. Well, no, she was saying all these <laughs> terrible things about the bike. And the owner was sitting there and his bottom lip was trembling. Okay, hold I, on. I thought, stop. I need no, to no, s- no, no, no. I'm not going to allow you to do this. Here's the thing. <laughs> I was not saying terrible things. I was saying that his stem bearings are worn out because it keeps coming to center. His mm. tires were underinflated. They were at like 17 PSI. Yes, all these. His oh, rear brake oh, God, yeah. was so worn out and he had not adjusted it. You could push the brake lever down all the way. All the things. So oh. these were things that I said, hey, these are simple things we can yes. help you do to make the bike safer. Did he fix it? Um, Some of them. We put air in the tire. Okay. I started to adjust the brake, but Emma wouldn't let me finish. And <laughs> and he, he's like, oh, yeah, but you see, the, but, but Liza, then I was just these are what this is but, what we do. We let yeah, people I know, know. We, this is what we do. But you let yourself down by failing to say to somebody, "Hey, this is a nice bike, but this is a nice bike, but." All you got to do is just say, "Hey, this is a lovely bike, but it's a death I, trap." I do that on the side, and it's what a he nice said, bike, but it's a death trap. And what he said, which is a good reminder to everyone, when you ride a bike every day, a you overcome these things and yes. forget they're there. That's true. And b you don't realize that it's slowly degrading, like it but is. I, you don't you notice it over time. This guy came especially. in from Oakland. Yes. Yeah. Well, see, that's a fucking problem. So this that's a is problem. why. I brought these things to as a no. It's a, it's a solution. That's it. So we're going to go off at a slight tangent here. I mean, the, the neglect aspect of it. You but know what I'm saying? People have often asked me in a you know tongue in cheek kind of way. You know, does your bike take on your character? And the the answer is kind of yes, it does, but not in the way you think. Yeah. So it's it's not, does it take on your character in this sort of woo-woo hippie way? Every single one of us is different, and every single one of us has our own exact riding technique. And when you spend enough time on your bike applying the front brake in just that way and letting out the clutch in just that way and giving it the beans in just that way... And stuffing into corners just that way, particularly if I have the same commute day in, day out. Your bike wears, the components wear in a very specific way. And when you add all these uniquely worn components, it's like a signature for your bike. Is it a reflection of your character? Well, it's certainly a reflection of your riding character. And so even though your bike rolled down the production line with a thousand others like it, when it gets to a certain age in your ownership, it rides unlike any other version of that bike. Yeah, I've ridden many Superhawks that don't ride like mine at all. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and and also, I'd like to mention that it also has a lot to do with the way you maintain the bike, too. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the... Because if you're a sloppy mechanic, it's going to be a sloppy bike. Right. And there there are so many factors that involve how your bike feel. Um, you know, once again, second time I've mentioned it, you know, I used to drive Greyhounds. And Greyhounds, like every other bus in the world, they're hand-built. And you can have two 
greyhounds that run down the line in um the, a lot of them were actually built in roswell new mexico alien technology <laughs> and you could have two <laughs> diesel. that ran down the line together and they're just completely different yeah, yeah. completely <laughs> different buses they drive differently they handle differently they brake differently bikes to a certain extent are mass production vehicles particularly high volume bikes like klr's but european bikes to a certain extent are still hand built and so you factor that in as well so you end up with this signature for your bike and somebody else rides it and it comes back and it feels completely different for that reason it's almost like you've set some of the the wear back to zero um so does your bike take on your character you know if you want to be romantic about it yes it does i'd say that if you have your suspension work done for your riding style and your weight it's probably going to be different than the exact same bike from another person's right so. so eventually the your bike becomes a part of you and so it is with marcus he'd spent so much time riding that 750 and you know well, it had crept up on him and okay it compensated. so does he have a reference of what another does he does he have another bike that he could ride and reference he's on? got five of them or five seven of the of same them. one he's yes. got a bunch of them he loves them <laughs> okay well that's interesting too, <laughs> yes he I does <laughs> um so I have, I have one last question about this yes do you think we'll see this technology come back? No, never. Okay. It's, I didn't know it, if they proved it in cars. Technologically, it's a dead-end street. Okay. Because giving a motorcycle, which is basically a high-performance, high-efficiency vehicle. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm. we always say, oh, yeah, the high-performance, high which is the largely true that they are but motorcycles in reality are very very highly efficient vehicles giving it a two-speed transmission and a torque converter a slush converter as they were known back in the day it's it's old technology it's never going to make a comeback dct with five speeds Mm -hmm. this is the modern technology this is the modern technology Bringing back the Honda 750 automatic Mm -hmm. would be like walking into a Ford dealership and saying, I'll take that Pinto in the corner, please, (laughs) with the plaid seats. It's just as charming as it is. It's technology that's never going to come back. Well, well, people still buy Harleys. I mean, I, you know, say like. <laughs> but, no, well, yeah, but hang on, Nock. I mean, a Harley is a very much improved product. Oh, yeah, and for yes, sure. you, you can argue that, yes, the technology dates back to the Erdot, same as Triumph. Mm-hmm. But like Triumph, it's a muchly improved product. If you've ever ridden an AMF Harley and realized just how terrible the brakes are and how terrible the handling is, oh, yeah, there's, there's you realize certain, how improved a product they are. Certain build quality aspects that are better yes. than modern bikes. Yes. Well, I have yes. some I have some good news for our listeners out there. Yes. Um, if anyone is interested in getting one of these bikes, just because they're weird, they're kind of, I mean, they're interesting, They right? are a period piece. He said... They're worth nothing. Nobody's buying. This is why he bought so many. As we've seen, (laughs) all of the CBs, it does not matter what size, they've all been collector bikes that have just become Mm -hmm. popular for bobbers, uh, for choppers, for all this. And uh, nobody's touching these bikes. If you're into herding turds, just just hold on there, Nock. There is a lot of charm in this motorcycle. I I, I believe there is. And. 
when when was it bagel that we talked about that harley topper the scooter you know a few months ago and we concluded that if you wanted to buy into a certain period of time Mm -hmm. the early 60s harley top is a very very cheap way to do it sure when these bikes rolled off the line it's quite a nostalgic time you know people of a certain age look back to 1976 1977 1978 with a great deal of fondness it was a very very good time to be alive i get the i like motorcycles being irrational as they are i totally get the the novelty so if you if i totally get it and the bike is very much of that time yeah so my advice to you is um buy yourself a 750 honda automatic try it out no. Pair of glitter platform boots. Yeah, man. You guys, <laughs> you guys. Oh, I can't believe I didn't find this before. I've found the perfect cross country bike for under thousand dollars because I found a nineteen eighty one yes. Honda four hundred automatic. There you go. For nine hundred dollars. Let's go buy it right now. Wow. Running. And that's that's you can sing purple rain as you do it. That's the Prince one. (laughs) That might be the last year for the four hundred automatic. It outlived the seven fifty. And they're actually quite fun. No, 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 no. Oh, Oh, what's wrong? Bent forks, rusted tank. Oh dear. Anyway, well that was exciting for a second. But here's the thing. Marcus can pick it up. He'll get another one. Here's the thing. (laughs) We've oh, Shoot, I want that bike. I gotta quit looking. That's a, that's a yeah, stop it. Already. But here's the thing. Um, stop we've talked, I know, we've talked about this before collectible bikes before they're collectible, get them while they're cheap, mm-hmm. right? When Doug and I had our trail, trail 70s for a couple hundred bucks, right? The Honda Matic is one of those things. So I'm just saying, you might want to check them out. They're kind of cool. They're kind of cool. Um, I like him. He had KZs too, didn't he? KZ old KZ nine hundreds, like yours. Oh yeah, I think he did say yeah. Like like four of them. (laughs) So you guys, we got a bunch of emails I want to get to, but I want to start. I'm going to start with the best one that I sent to Bagel, because of course it requires an accent, but also the topic. Oh, you guys, I can't believe I didn't know this. Bagel, go ahead. Yes. So I have an email from Bo Wilborg, mm-hmm. and the title is Scandinavian 80s Idol on the Monster Bike. Okay, I think that accent needs a little <laughs> bit of brushing up, Bagel. Well, I will do my best. Uh, Bo sure. writes, Where is he from, Wisconsin? You, no. you often talk about your idol, Evil Knievel, and he was <laughs> something extra. But we in Scandinavia had another idol back in the 1980s, Ardo Nyquist. Mm. Arto Nyquist. Yeah, Arto. Arto was the Finnish stunt rider who did some amazing things on the very big Kawasaki 1300. This was this was long before modern times with stunt bikes modified for stunting with pizza sprocket and things. <laughs> this was a standard Z1300 with just without the mufflers. Arto wheelied and towed to- yeah. <laughs> Arto wheelied and towed himself behind the bike wearing clogs. Oh, he also rode the bike sitting backwards and standing standing miles sitting backwards. Hmm. No wonder he was so famous in the mid-80s here in Scandinavia. There are some videos on YouTube that I'd like you to see his performance. You can probably find even more videos if you search. 
I'm not sure if his fame ever reached the other side of the pond, but he did some appearances in England. Yes. Can't Emma talk about the biker scene in England of the 80s? Oh, yes, I'd love to. <laughs> Look, he's, he's riding backwards. So, yeah. and the, <laughs> yeah, He's the, wearing white like an ice cream salesman. I actually went to see Otto back in oh, 81, really? <gasps> and he was doing a show really? at, um, I want to say it was, uh, it was, Damn, I think it was I at do. Santa Pod, the drag race place. But anyway, yeah. um, the best thing about him, his bike was always covered with stickers from his sponsors, mm-hmm. which were usually either Perno or Jetain cigarettes. <laughs> so, you know, he was actually advertising. <laughs> oh, Damn, Martel saved some of that poontang for the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, huh? man. Oh, man. Drink that, he just did a rolling burnout. Too. Booze and smokes. And, and, and this is the KZ1300 six-cylinder. Yes, yeah, this is a big wow. bike, and he's wheeling it. And oh yeah, no, doing he was all an sorts abso- of crazy stuff. Absolute master of it. See if you can find some with a with oh. a sponsorship of the Perno stickers. Oh <laughs> I do love Perno. That's awesome. And, and I apologize to everyone in Sweden for the horrible. <laughs> oh, it was appalling bagel, but we enjoyed every yes. moment, darling. I like how it turned Scottish oh, a little bit. Yeah, I got a little. Yeah. And, oh, wait, and, and he well, also know, had a northern latitude. And he had a yeah. question he wanted to add. Did you catch that bagel? Oh. Uh, let me see here. Uh, many? Well, yes. Uh, can't Emma talk about the biker scene in England of the 80s? Of course. Not now, but that is something I don't think you've talked extensively about. Well, you know, I briefly touched on it because it the, the, the street fighter scene mm-hmm. was born in the Midlands in England. I'd love to say it was born in Birmingham, but it wasn't. Like a street fighting in, man? It was born in Nottingham. In um, Robin Hood's from. Yeah, um, in the mid '80s, and it was basically kids who smashed up their jigsaws. The 750s. sheriff was very unhappy. Yeah, um, yeah and 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 Bo couldn't um, afford sure to fix them. He's talking about uh, remembering remembering the big boys on their CBXs and how you could hear them for miles. Oh, yes. Well, you know, mm. it's funny. Right. I've got a CBX on the ramp right now, belonging to none other than Wiggins. That's right. Yeah. I've got and Grandpa's bike. And when you owned a CBX in the late 70s, and I never did. I, w- I was a GS1000 fiend back then. I loved my GS1000. But the CBX boys, they were king of the road. Yeah. More so to a certain extent than the the KZ1300. We didn't put the K in the front. There were just Z13s mm-hmm. out there. And yeah. it was a big truck. And it looked like a big truck. And it didn't sound like anything else. It sounded yeah. like a fucking F1 car going the, down the street. The mm. CBX, it was a lot blingier than the Kawasaki. There's a lot more chrome on it. Yeah. The engine was silver, whereas the Kawasaki engine, you know, it was a lot duller aluminum. Um, and it was just a brighter bike. And it, God blimey, you see those things coming towards you. And he's just got this giant cam cover and all these exhaust pipes coming down. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like the Fourth of July. It's it's almost proportionally <laughs> like from from the front on. It was just wider than than an actual car. It seems like it right. was just like you had this tiny front wheel and this giant engine bank. And that was sticking out of it. And that and the was very very um, deliberate on the part of Honda. Yeah. Um. And I wanted to thank Bo for sending that in and letting me know about Arto Nyquist spelled. 
N-Y-Q-V-I-S-T. Um, Thanks, also. And also, he said, even though he never was able to get a CBX himself, for the last 22 years, he's been very happy with his XJR 1300 SP. That's a good one, too. Yeah, Yeah. that's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. Real muscle bike. Yeah, he said it was kind of a modern CBX, just missing two cylinders. Mm -hmm. So, thank you, Um, Arto Nyquist. I, I can have a Scandinavian hero now. Yeah, I thought it was going to be hey, four international, baby. All right, uh, Knock, what you got there? All right, this one's from uh, our friend James. Uh, hello, Misfits. Huge fan of the show, although I only use Hello, James. Hi, James. Oh, James. Only recently read about it and started listening. I'm an auto mechanic by trade and have so much respect for what y'all are doing with the Recycle Garage. I have an immense amount of respect for Emma and her obvious encyclopedic technical knowledge and experience. Oh, cheers, darling. As we just <laughs> proved because she did not know we were going to be talking about the Honda Matic. She, she can't just shut had up about that it. loaded in the barrel. <laughs> uh, I've been riding for about four years now, and I just got, my tri- I got rid of my Triumph Thunderbird LT. Uh, I've only had cruisers so far, and I'm looking into getting into a middleweight standard or perhaps a sport touring bike. Okay. Uh, he, found, he finds that like, nimble bikes are more his bag. He's open to recommendations. Uh, really fallen in love with the look of the naked sports bikes, particularly the CBR 650R. Yes. And the new Trident 660, which yes. is actually, that's a hot looking bike. Yeah, yeah. Trident's where it's at. Yeah, you should probably get the Trident. Yeah, just buy the friggin' Trident. Yeah. Wait, um, 6.2. What's, what's what's the one that's the, the nakeder versus? Not the Ninja. There's one in between. Oh, it's the... Uh, that's a good-looking bike. The, oh, the, the ER650N. ER650N. ER650 yeah. Yeah, ER650N. The er, Check those out. Er, They're cool. Er, uh, he says he's 6'2", 275 with a middle mate. Oh, uh, he's a big lad, isn't yeah. he, eh? Okay, I changed that to the Versus 1000. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Versus 1000, bang for your buck. That's a great bike. Yeah. Uh, would a middle weight bike be better for him for his large frame? Um Will he be satisfied without the power of the big twin 1700cc Triumph? What about the FJ? We were just no, talking about that, weren't we? Versus 1000. Versus 1000. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, if you want something nimble, upright, and if you do still want the power uh, that the 1200 delivers, get yourself like a maybe a versus, versus 1000. Multistrata. Multistrata FZ. Yeah. It still rides like a sport bike, but you can also load it up as a or, touring bike. Or, yeah. or hate to say it, oh. freaking Bandit. Bandit 1200, yeah. 1200 Bandit. Well, yeah. I mean, I if mean, he's it, buying new, he's got a lot of great options for sporty 12 Yeah, uh, and I mean, you know, you know, I'm Ooh. never sure where Ooh. Suzuki are at with a Bandit. What about because, yeah. you know, strictly speaking, you can't buy a new Bandit. Yeah. But if you plonk like 10 grand down at a Suzuki dealership, I bet they'll sell you a new one. I mean, they'll find you one. Hmm. Like, I, can, I, can, hmm. like, I saw a recent review of, of the new new generation of middleweights and they're saying that the trident 660 for the price and for the quality and the build is is the one to get no it's, well, it's by far the one to get but well, it is not a large bike yeah no and i don't think you're going to be looking for power i think you're going to uh, be he might be better off going with the trident you're going to be looking he's yeah. going to be looking for real estate That's maybe a speed triple no speed the, triple the, 1200 or 1100 the 1250 scrambler he's a big guy so i rode with that big yeah. guy yeah. me and that yes. big guy went riding up in the mountains in oh, big yeah. sur oh, yes and he wrote he had that 1250 bike. triumph scrambler that just and looks it fit cool. him perfect and it looks or, it pulls or chicks, man. in the same vein the ducati desert sled no 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 what do you mean no is that the right kind of bike for this? Right? No, that's no. Tri- that Triumph 1200 Scrambler. Not very uh, versatile. There's also the F800. No. 
All right, I'm sticking yeah. with Versus 1000. That's a good Versus one. Versus 1000 yeah. is a wonderful a bike. One. Sorry we didn't help you decide between the yeah. CBR and the 660. <laughs> We're just letting you know that you've got way more options, and uh, you can't really go wrong yeah. with picking them. Versus 1000. Good to try it. All right. Yeah. All right, John, you got one there? I do. <clears throat> so this is from Gino. Hey, Gino. Oh, Gino. Gino. <laughs> That's good. Wow, that was awesome. We're going to get a pie. Hey. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, it doesn't have an Italian last name for the record. Um, okay. So, good morning, Misfits. Hey. Good morning. Uh, I've, I've been a proud owner of a 2014 BMW R9T. Uh-huh. That's nothing to be proud of, Gino. <laughs> I had one of those. It's I beg to differ. They, they, it is the a good looking motorcycle. They are a lovely motorbike, head turner. actually. They, for yes. a little over a year and have put a little over 4,000 miles on it, I ride with my dad, who has a tw- uh, R1200GS, pretty often and find myself mm-hmm. touring a decent amount. Okay. Okay. The problem is, is that the R9T doesn't have any wind protection. Yep, Anything no over green. three hours in the saddle is painful. I was wondering what your thoughts are as the BMW S1000 XR Sport touring bikes. That's are. if you can't if you can't afford that, you get a Versus 1000. But that is like the Versus 1000 with all the bells and whistles. Yeah, it, yeah, and he's absolutely right about the R9T because I had I loved my R9T, mm-hmm. but I couldn't. You know, you it's because of the way it's set up. You can't put saddlebags on it. You guys right, are wusses, man. Windshield. I rode one like for a week across Scotland for God's <laughs> sake. I did like nine hours across the mountains <laughs> of the Scottish Highlands. It was horrible, I, but yeah, I but you, that's why I, that's <laughs> why I sold it though. Because you can't really go. No, there's no. Protection. You can't tour it. I don't think the S1000 is going to give it give him any more wind protection. No, it's going to be a it, better. It's as much seat. wind protection. No, it's it's a lot like the Versus, and you can get a tall windshield. Is that the S1000 XR? The XR? One? No, he's talking about yeah. the naked one. No, the XR is looks like a it's adventure a, it's a, bike with oh, no adventure. It's an inline four, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thinking yeah. sports, yeah. sport it's, adventure. It's, it's just like the Versus, Listen, but the now here's the caveat. Yeah. Here is the caveat, um, because you know I I I hang out with a lot of the guys who. Do track days? Oh. Yes, wrestling naked, naked mud <laughs> wrestling. I hang out with those guys, and jolly good fun they are too. Um, a lot of the guys who do track days, and as good as those thousand cc BMWs are, when you fall off them, God, they're expensive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh God, bring oh, more wallet. Mighty. Bring more wallet. <laughs> Oh, there it is. Oh, that is a nice looking bike. great looking yeah. bikes. We yeah, rode down it? to Pinnacles with somebody. But a Tesla. Yes, exactly. And they blasted it. Is, is that the new yeah. one? Uh, what year so, is that? Yeah. Who? Who? It's an S1000. What does it retail for? Probably They're a good bike. Probably grand. $7 million. Yeah. yeah, well, it's it's a 200, <laughs> it's 200 no, horsepower look, bike. Look, yeah, I like this because version. it's the S1000RR in an upright position that you can yes. put bags on. Oh, it's a great this bike. This is exactly what he wants. I you like should the, get it. It's just way more expensive. Yellow, man. Just get it. I particularly like the V-Strom 1000, the new one. I'd imagine those are a lot less problematic than the. Uh, I, t- the I tell you what, I had a V Strom Thousand come down the shop last week for tires. It's going to look really good. And though. I put some Hydenaus on it, some very Ooh, knobby ones. ones. And I tell you what, God, what a bike looks it is! Yeah, oh. I, I really, really like that bike. God, it looks good, and with the knobbies on it, Suzuki, Suzuki, Suzuki. Um, yeah, um, buy the BMW. Do not crash it. Because if you do, it's going to be a ten thousand dollar fix. Or get the Pan America. Mm. Well, if you wanted a, an uh, adventure it's, bike, yeah. you, it's one hundred and fifty horsepower. That thing can, mm, you know. I mean, it's not a bad well, idea. I saw a video right there. I think they're so doing you, an adventure thing in Europe right now. Buy the, the yeah. Harley Davidson. This is advice you probably won't hear often. No. On, mm. 
the Misfit. We, we, have the some, we have some listeners in the UK that are at an adventure thing over in the UK right now. It's an adventure motorcycle days, and they had the Pan American. As soon as it rolled yeah, out, 30 boy. seconds later, smoke just started billowing out of the That's engine. That's not good. Yeah. That's never good. So, yeah, the, the 2021 XR, 1000 XR is fucking awesome looking. Yeah. But for the price, the Versus has to be a... That's a yeah, it's a great competitor, for though. For the price, oh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, no matter what you ask tonight... The answer will be versus 1,000. Okay. All right, Emma, I'm let's okay find out. That. what. Now that we know the answer, what question do you have there? Rowdy. Hey, Rowdy. Rowdy, hey, Rowdy, Rowdy Piper. Okay. Rowdy. Um, hello, Misfits. I just heard Emma's advice to the Yamaha Bolt owner to check the tires to deal with a wobble issue. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I recently learned the lesson myself. Um, so we recently bought a 99 Conky Concourse, mm-hmm. which is Gen 1. 28,000 miles that have been well cared for. And, you know, generally, Connie's do tend to be quite well cared for. Mm. So um, I had to go out of town to pick up the bike. And on the ride home, I noticed a slight wobble. Wait, you know why they're well taken care of? (laughs) The other kids out there went, well, I forget what bike we mentioned. Like, hey, you should get it. He goes, that's a boomer bike. Oh, no. Hell yeah! Wait, wait, the concourse is, oh, is a it? boomer. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm not saying, oh, but yeah. the concourse is yeah. a boomer bike. Yeah. True. Okay, boomer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he noticed a slight wobble at highway speeds that gradually became quite extreme. It concerned me and scared the shit out of my wife, who was driving ahead and watching me in a rearview mirror. Yeah, those tank slappers can be quite entertaining. Was that noticeable in a rearview mirror? After pulling over for lunch, um, Rowdy, you didn't actually specify what you had for lunch. It's the <laughs> details. So I'm going to fill it in. Um, so after pulling over for lunch, which was lamb vindaloo, basmati rice, two naan breads, and a gin and tonic. Feed me, Seymour. Yeah, you go. It occurred to me that the tire pressure might be the problem. And sure enough, the tire pressure was very low in the rear tire. Mm-hmm. After filling the tire and mentally berating myself for not checking the pressure before the ride, the wobble went away. But gradually it returned and the tire was pretty much completely flat when I stopped again. Mm. Um, after finding a hole in a pretty much brand new tire and patching it, the wobble has not returned. I guess something on the highway punctured the tire on the way. Yeah. Um, one sad thing about buying my concourse, I had to promise my wife I'd sell my old sports to, oh, boo, Rowdy. Thanks. No, you don't. Thank you, <laughs> Misfits, for all you do, exclamation point, Rowdy Otter Rima, yeah. and um, a Carl Sagan quote to finish. Hey, all right. We are the custodians of life's meaning. Wise words indeed from hmm. Mr. Sagan. So True. I'm going to guess as to what meal he may have had. Um, no, we already used Since it is a boomer bike, it just reminded me of there was. Lavendaloo. I've heard of this. There's a restaurant, I don't know if it's still there, in Atlanta called Mary Max Tea Room. Yes, oh, I've, I tried to I go there. there. And they cater to older people. Yeah, this is they bomb. only served. The food is They amazing only there. served soft food. Pre, pre-chewed. Well, it's Georgia. They, it's Georgia. They boil everything. It was all soft food for the little old Dude, that got, place is the bomb. Yeah, but, they've, they've got banging uh, mm. greens. Yeah. Mm. Do you mm. do you remember about two years ago there was a video doing the rounds of a guy on a Harley Davidson and I think it was some kind of sport glide. It was one with a skinny front wheel and the fat back wheel. Oh, mm. the tank uh, slapper the on the freeway. On. And he ended up yeah. the bike oh. actually spanned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 like yeah. the. <laughs> 
like yeah. he was on ice. Right, yeah. exactly. And of course, the poor guy was wearing a t-shirt and shorts. Yeah. And, you know, turned himself As into chopped do. liver. Um, that crash was entirely tire pressure tire related. Pressure, yeah. Entirely. Mm. I cannot stress this safely enough. Back when, third time tonight, I drove Greyhound bus. <laughs> there wow. it is. Every, is, this a, is this a drinking game? Every <laughs> trip, every trip before you left the depot, you did a pre-trip on your bus. And that meant checking the tire pressures. Now, back then, we didn't use tire pressure gauges because there was a lot. We carried these little Louisville sluggers. It was mm. a, a thumper. Thumper. And you thump your tires and wait for it, you know, bounce out of your hands. And the inside doors as well, so you'd have to reach in and whack them. Yeah. You check the tires. You check the engine oil. You check the transmission oil. You check the coolant. You check the suspension wheel. You check everything. The bathroom for junkies. Bum, bum, bum. And yes, you reach down in the bathroom and you check for floaters. <laughs> and needles. And um, I've got a story about that. But I'm not gonna share we have to save it. We have to save it. I got an advice for him. But the point general. is... Commercial drivers, whether they drive Greyhounds, whether they drive FedEx trucks, whether they drive city buses, you do a pre-trip inspection. Even even pilots do. And damn right they do. And, you know, it's a habit that it's not a bad thing to form if you ride a bike. And you're going to say, I'm not going to check my bike every day. But I tell you what, just to kick both tires with the heel of your boot, Make sure they don't feel soft. And just pull it upright and look at the oil. Or and just lift so, up the chain with the toe of your boot. Yep, that's taken two minutes of your time. There's a and if you don't check them, you could end up looking like chopped liver or, in the I'm, middle of I'm the gonna, highway. I'm going to throw, one. Go. throw out one I other. I'm going to throw thing. out one more uh, opportunity here, or just bring it down here. I'll write it and tell you everything wrong. <laughs> right, yeah, if you can make it down here. No, so okay, the 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 Motorcycle Safety Foundation or whoever yes. Pacific, mm-hmm. whatever it is now. There's this thing called T clocks. All right, and it's yeah. T C L O C S, and it's an acronym which stands for tires, tires and wheels. T controls C. Yes. Lights and electrical, which yes. is you know uh, uh, for the uh, L. Yes. Oils and fluids, yes. and then chassis and side stand. Yes. And and it's all those things you can just look around your bike. Takes like you said, two minutes. Right. And you're good to go. Yeah, I'll tell you. Like, and you know, yeah, sorry, Jim. I was going to say, like you said, the things I notice commuting on my bike that you don't notice, tires and, and chain maintenance. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like you can just never lube your chain enough. Right. right. And But it's amazing how quickly mm-hmm. it gets slack. And the tires, like like everything, you don't notice right. until you get new ones. But Ma'am. those those really go quickly if you ride a lot. Like, like last week, I wanted to go to SF, and I wanted to take the Superhawk, and I took the bike out, I looked around, and I noticed, oh, my God, my front tires are shagged. Like, they're close to the to, right. to the uh, treads or the uh, the bands, mm-hmm. the little actual, you know, uh, the wire. And, and so I grabbed the other bike. I, it literally you, took two minutes just to look around. You are, know. You, are you going to do a tire change on that? Already did. Ah! <laughs> Already did. I think the point is, you know, we're getting to the stage now, you know, traffic's getting heavier again. Mm-hmm. People are still driving very, very aggressively. You know, just take the time. Deal yourself a good hand. Yeah, yeah. You know, we can't wave a magic wand and make motorcycling safer. And truthfully, I think that's kind of the element of danger that's part of the attraction. If you look deep down, I mean, you know, Nietzsche would probably have a field day with all of us. Yeah. But the point is, 
deal yourself a good hand by giving yourself the best bike possible. Yeah. And if you've just got to take two minutes out of your day just to walk around it, and if you can't commit to that time, form a habit that, like, when I fill up with fuel, when I fill up with fuel, I will check the tires. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You so- right. Do something with your downtime. That Do something with your downtime while yeah. your bike's filling. Check the fucking tires. I mean, it's just like a whole thing about, like, if you're going to be a motorcyclist, you're going to have to spend the time to sort of be a mechanic a little bit, you know? Yeah, to a certain extent. Yeah. I mean, just to the level where you're checking your, your, your equipment, you know, yes. once in a while. Jim. One more email. Let's do it. All right. We got love and advice from Mike in Chicago. Mike. Mike. Kind of town. That's a cool town. Chicago is. Just not in the wintertime. Okay. Hi. First, I just wanted to say I'm so glad I discovered your podcast last year. Mm. I'm 44 transgender non-binary, recently jobless, and the last summer fell in love with motorcycles. Oh, good Oh. Right? That's a good thing to fall uh, in love I with. I agree. I just sold. It won't one. respect you in the morning, though. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. I just sold my first bike, believe it or not, a 78 Honda Matic 750. What? Wow. Yes. What and a small world. I am shopping for my second bike. I okay. noticed someone had a, oh, this is quite the jump. Someone has a 96 Jixer 1000 near me. Oh. He might want to jump on that. Hold on. Going from my <clears throat> 750 Honda Matic yeah, to a, a Jixer 1000? It'll be Hell fine. Yeah. What well, it's could, only 25 years old. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong with that? Hell yeah. Best. Think of all the poontang you're going to get. Oh, <laughs> that shit pulls chicks, man. Yeah. Bike pulls chicks. Wow. It's actually mostly 45-year-old. I know you but, all you like know. that bike, and I was wondering what you think of it as a first serious bike. Uh, I get such a kick out of you all. I'm especially inspired by Liza and Emma. Not knock so much, though. I really hope- <laughs> Perfect. That's the way it's supposed to be. I really hope to visit you one day when I am in Santa Cruz. Okay, hope to hear from you. Love, Mike, in Chicago. I'm absolutely... Right now, I'm looking at Liza's image, and it's terrifying because the camera's <laughs> low, and it's like looking up, and Liza looks like the 50-foot woman. <laughs> like ropes of nasal hair. It's like Godzilla, Liza. What are you doing with that? Um, God, Jixer. So the Jixer. Well, it's an oldie. Liza broke it. Yeah, Jixer's a fast bike. It's a fast bike, but it's a 90... 99, so it's probably going to be an S-Rad. 96. 96. Oh, it'll oh. be a slingshot. Oh, Mike, you're going to you're gonna do oh, it. Oh, God. You're going to have so many people come up to you and talk to you Mike, about it. Mike, <laughs> How are your social skills? How are your people have winning skills, most importantly? Just <laughs> look. I have this theory that within reason, everybody is capable of riding any bike. Mm-hmm. However, it's a big however, you do require a certain amount of restraint and a certain amount of respect for the bike. Now, a 96 Jixxer 1000. Oh, dear God, you could get yourself in a world of trouble on that bike. Still a relevant motorcycle to go fast on. I tell oh, you yeah. what, I could Very put limited. a half-decent rider on a Jixxer 1000 and beat the pants off anybody on a modern bike. It's true. It's true. Anybody. Oh, yeah. Those things are... F- what, what did he say he was riding before that one? The Honda Matic. Honda's Matic. So, <laughs> That's jump so you're yeah. going. you're going from, like, 40 horsepower at the rear wheel yeah. to nearly triple that. So, like, the power delivery on those things are pretty linear, right? I mean, is, is it at the top end? Is it all at the top end or kind well, of mid-range? Well, I know. I mean, Jixxers have always been revvy. I mean, they dropped yeah. a couple of balls. I think 92, it was very, very peaky. Okay. Um, but I tell you what, it's a 
fast ass bike. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you're just probably going to have to so, get used to the clutch. It, I mean, bit it's more. on 140 horsepower. So just yeah. approach it with a great deal of restraint. Approach it with a huge amount mm. of respect for the bike. Yeah. You know, the streets are going to get. Uh, the days of flying your Cessna are over. You are <laughs> in. A, you're in yeah. an F eighteen now. Yeah. The yeah the straightaways uh, end up being really short. Yeah, uh, but I mean, you know, um, good brakes, modern tires. Sure. Um, just respect but the like bike. Was, That's like it. we respect were just saying. We're like 17s and what, what, oh, yeah, 120. Yeah, yeah. And what, yeah okay. Then you're, then yeah, you're so it's, it's a one. It might have a, no, 96, it should have a 180 on the back. There was a yeah. couple of them that ended up with a weird 170. Okay, yeah. Okay. But you can still get them. But 17s, it's 17s, got big brakes. Yeah. But with that horsepower, you want to make sure like the, the suspension's okay and yeah, the yeah, brakes yeah, are yeah. good. All and the things. You don't want to mess around with So, I mean, it all, do, it all depends on the bike. I mean, the bloody things like 25 years old right yeah i mean a lot of things can happen to a jixer in 25 25 years um but yeah i don't see a problem with it <laughs> and then, they're, they're, usually they're always stock after that long right they're never modified oh they never no, no the jixers are ne- every single jixer on the road is factory fresh yeah, it is the most unmodified <laughs> i am liza i'm really tight. troubled with this camera angle <clears throat> i really am i don't think it's i don't think it's complimentary to you well i just found out that <laughs> jim accidentally unplugged the other camera oh, so sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're stuck a- with it I didn't. What am I supposed to know? Yeah, um, that's all right. It was an so accident. buy the Jixxer. Life's short. Uh, mm. Buy the Jixxer and lots of new pairs of underpants <laughs> <laughs> and a good jacket. Yep, <laughs> that's a good looking bike, though. Yeah, they are. Um, lots of colors on the '96. Is it a '96? You said. Yeah, '96. '96 Jixxer 1000. I think you'll. Um, Ooh yeah. Yeah, it's got a lot Ooh. of graphic work on. Show me. Uh, I don't know if this is stock or not. Oh, I think it's maybe. Oh yeah, that's stock. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah lots cool. going on there. Well, there you go. We've helped people all day in the garage. That's what we do. We Liza. help them with your oh, questions dude, on the podcast. This is a hot ass bike, dude. Yes, Jim. I have Get a thank bike. you. Emma helped me today after yeah. I wadded up over yes, the weekend. Oh. And I have a gift for Emma. Oh, let me oh, see. Hey, what did you do? How'd oh. you wad it, bro? I I really <laughs> wadded into a ditch on an up on a rocky oh, uphill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. And I I I put these down Dirt road and doesn't got count. distracted. So what Jim has given me here, this is these came from um Garage Company. Yoshi. Oh, Yoshi, Yoshi himself. Remember? Yeah. And um was that from Pops himself? Yes. Yeah. He he gave me like a fifteen minute lecture on how to apply the it's a decal. It's not a Yeah, it's a water water slide. It's a water slide. slide. So these are oh like a God. big version of the decals you had you put on your models when you were a kid. Yeah, exactly. no, that's yep, the, yep. Oh, then the clear coat over them, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. Oh my god. Suzuki. These That's awesome. Are probably going to end up on the fork legs of rufus because suzuki is written man, top to you bottom should just like frame that that looks uh, can you can can you even get those anymore that's no like, oh no you, you know frame what that, yo. i might actually frame them and put them up on the wall that looks, um, yeah moto town yeah, that's what you should do but yeah no, good. fork legs these oh. are absolutely fantastic jim thank you and it was my pleasure. And my God, you wanted up that poor freaking bike. I tell you what. It's a Honda. It got me out of there. Do you know what I think the most durable bike in the world is? Oh, you Honda told me Matic. this one. You told me this one. It was uh, the one that you take care of or something like that or no? No, I think it is not just 
the Honda 250 rally. I think it is Jim's Honda 250 rally. <laughs> <laughs> that bike. That thing's eating so much shit. It's dude. a hard-working bike, awesome, boy. I'll tell you what. God. Paying dividends. And, you know, the frigging catch tank for the radiator mounting looked like a fucking pretzel. <laughs> <laughs> and it just we just bent it straight. Well, it was pushed down into it the cylinder. Down. <laughs> and so you were going uphill and went to the right. So or? I was going uphill. It was and all the up where I was in the Sears, it was like uh, like silt, like moon, oh, dust. So yeah. it's moon oh, dust, yeah. rocks and ruts kind of thing. But mm-hmm. it wasn't the hardest riding I've been doing. But you know, you hit a couple of big rocks, you start ping ponging around. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And if you're not like super present, I was too far back on yeah. it, and I ping ponged left. Oh no. And then whiskey throttled it, and my weight oh. was back, so I just rode a wheelie more or less off into the ditch <laughs> and then you nice. ended up entangled in, in the t- rear wheel yes then the oh, rear that wheel sucks. <laughs> i've been trapped the rear the wheel sucked my leg back up that's into the a, bike that's not a fun time dude but it was you no know, it was quite interesting because you I, I think if you've ever well most of us eaten shit and as you're going you're like this is all kind of interesting and i can't stop yeah. any of it and as i feel my <laughs> leg true. going up into the back of the rear wheel yeah. i'm like oh this is a twist mm. and then everything settled and the bike was in a ditch kind of at an angle and i could just sit on the bike like comfortably with my leg wadded up in the back wheel. Yeah. And I'm like, and that just, was lucky. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't hurt as bad as I thought it would. No. <laughs> Sit and contemplate life and the choices yeah. you've made that led up to this event. <laughs> and then extricate yourself. Well, I think the other problem is I, I got my tires. So I run those in hard into the, uh, the, the Moto Z's, but I got them at like 18 pounds because I don't want right. to get a flat because you could hit these but, gnarly rocks. Um, not great for grip. But gri- Jim, thank you so much for the thank thoughtful you. gift. You know, people have... Um, often asked, and it's worth repeating again, that if we put on our rapport with each other for the show, and we have very, very real friendships. I mean, you know, I, I don't hang out with Liza because she's just appalling. No, this is but, true because uh, as John Witness, Moyne uh, gave his ass to me to squeeze. Right, Because this is the kind of relationship we have. That's Pakistani tradition. Right, it well, is. Well, it's because we got in trouble oh, for Moyne's doing it. Pakistani. That's, the, that's the men of the households do that. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, Jim and me, we're probably going to have dinner this week again, which has become our transmission. Uh, um, you know, hmm. these are very, very real friendships we have. I'm, and it's, it's always a pleasure straightening out the damage you've done to your suffering bikes Jim nice well um I want to make an announcement next week we will not be putting out a podcast oh. um who's running the garage Lisa? but Emma will be running the garage so you know why because we're doing America things yes right man we're so blow, blow on, shit up. on the 4th of July when you filthy colonials celebrate <laughs> <laughs> from the superior yes, race of Britain. Yes. On a pony. I shall be running the garage, and so mm. um, we will rename Recycle Garage Emma's Reign of Terror. Mm. <laughs> so we could be flying the Union Jack, too. That's <laughs> yes, this is the place well where well. Uh, the battleground where the Angles have met the Saxons. That's apparently. right. And you would all better salute me when you show up. <laughs> oh, oh, Jim. Oh, Jim, that was That great. was a Bronx salute. I believe right. is the term. So, um, so yes. I'm running the garage. So no recording July 4th. Um, we'll be back after that. Um, I have a really cool guest booked. I normally don't say, but I'm just going to say, because I'm excited about this, you guys. Mm. They announced that they are reissuing on the 50th anniversary yep. the best motorcycle movie Might be the ever, best movie ever made on any Sunday. 
Point it's Break. It's been remastered, oh, wow. re- and Ooh. and they're re-releasing it into theaters. Oh, dude! Wow! Shit, yeah, I have heard recently you can rent a whole theater for like a few hundred um, bucks. I'm on the mm. list. I'm on the list. Wow. Wait, wait for what? You. What kind of list are you on this time? The FBI list? No, uh, but no, um, she's on the no-fly. <laughs> no-fly. <list>. Prior guest. <laughs> Uh, Todd Huffman, who also did the Penton movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. They He's the cool one movie. who, not only did he remaster the movie, who's part of the, the production team getting this out there, he also has been uh, hunting down. He's f- found all of the BMX boys. From oh, the yeah, that's right. The movie. Yeah, 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 stuff yeah. like that. So he's that. been doing some really cool stuff. We're going to see him um, at AMA Vintage Days. But before that, He's going to be coming on to talk about on any Sunday all the behind the scenes things that he's been finding out, all the stories and remastering it and getting it back into theaters. Cool. It's it's crazy how you could make a movie about a certain culture and that movie itself has a culture behind it. Right. Like yeah. it developed its own little thing. Well, you know, it was a very specific period of time. And I yeah. think on any Sunday wouldn't have been anywhere near as appealing if it been made in any other time. Because yeah. if you think about it, in 1970-71, still a lot of British bikes. Japanese bikes were coming on strong. European bikes were coming on strong. And the culture out here was this huge melting pot yeah. of traditional Harley, American bikes, British bikes, the new European and Japanese stuff. It's brilliant. What a time to be involved in motorcycling. Yeah, yeah and another one I'll recommend, because I think uh, any on any Sundays, accessible, even if you're not a motorcyclist, because it's mm-hmm. funny in the comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, watch Endless Summer. You know, it's a surf oh, movie, but Same you don't you don't have to be a surfer to like really dig Endless Summer, because it's like a period piece. It's right, really and cool. my argument is you don't actually have to like motorcycling to in- enjoy on any Sunday. Yeah, so you you could, it's, it's cool to watch a movie where you see people having fun and enjoying themselves, and you go, I kind of want to do that now. Like, yeah. you know, this is what people write So is about. Norman Reedus the new Steve McQueen? Possibly. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Killed more zombies than Steve McQueen. He did. <laughs> so so well, you're saying that as a scooterist, if I were to watch the movie, I'd enjoy it too? You haven't? Wait, hold on. <laughs> You've you never seen the movie? I haven't seen it yet. Bagel! Seriously, you would actually enjoy it. It's very... Pagel, you know, I want to thank you for all the time you've been a misfit and, and been with us and been so reliable. And I'm really going to miss you. Well, <laughs> but it's coming back out in theaters. I can see it now. Oh, man. <laughs> all right. So I think uh, we're ready to start getting out of here. I got some big trips coming up. I got a lot of stuff going on. Yep. Yeah, you do. Um, keep sending those emails to us and, uh, and you know, let us know what adventures you have going on. And... Uh, let us know if you buy a CB750 Hondomatic. Yep. <laughs> I, I think it's the next collectible. Or I'm, just saying, bad decisions. just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, don't forget to go to motorcyclesandmisfits.com. You'll find links to stuff there and our YouTube channel and our Instagram. Yeah, that Jim does. And of course, um, thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers who Ooh. we yep. had a new Patreon subscriber come through tonight Carla King. I know. Where did well, she go? Was she just right. traveling the world? Still? No, she, she lives just, here now. She just moved to Santa Cruz. Yeah. We have established, like, Laureate published yeah. book people come yeah. to our show and hang out, y'all. This is cool. Yeah. And she was working on her bike. That's yeah, right. that's right. Man. So Keeps she appreciated all the help and became a Patreon subscriber. So thank you to Carla and awesome. everyone else. 
Um, American Borders is the name of her book. Yeah, check it out. She's actually got a few books, but this one, American Borders, A Solo Circumnavigation of the United States on a Russian Sidecar Motorcycle. She said she had that Ural with a sidecar here when she lived in uh, Santa Cruz years ago. She said Hmm. it was a head turner back then because no one knew what it was. Yeah, right. Um, So thank you, everyone. I'm looking forward to uh, everything else coming up this summer. We got races, we got shows, we got so much. Vintage days, baby. Uh, vintage days. That. Come to vintage days and hang out with us. I, w- I will drink all your yeah. Roman twists, Phil. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> all right, thanks everyone. This is Eliza. This is Nock. Stumpy John. Emma Dolly. Make it Jim, son. Bagel. And we're out of here. Cool. Cool. Don't be a fool, Stains. <laughs>